Cheers. Salute. What do they say? Slangeva. <laughs> Isn't that what they say in, in Outlander? Slangeva? I have no clue. Slangeva. I think that is what they say. All right, you ready? Let's get this going because God knows how long this is going to last. I know. Sophie and I'm Maddie and welcome to single best scene this week's episode is season one and season two of Outlander after serving as a British army nurse in World War II Crillier Randall is enjoying a second honeymoon in Scotland with her husband Frank looking forward to a new career as an Oxford historian suddenly Claire is transported back to 1743 and into a mysterious world where her freedom and life are threatened to survive she marries James Fra- Jamie Fraser a strapping Scots warrior with a complicated bass and a mm. disarming sense of humor a passionate relationship ensues and Claire is caught between two vastly different men and two inharmonious lives. So that's a pretty good selling, a pretty good selling point. And for those of you who have watched the show, but it's been a while, we will link on Instagram. I'll put a screenshot. There's a season one and two recap in nine minutes that might help you with what we're going to talk about today. If you don't remember. So I'll put a screen up like they, Sam and Katrina did it for Vanity Fair a few years ago. So, all right. So, so Hugan, right? Yes. Hagen, Hugh Hewen, who it plays Jamie and Katrina, Alf, I think it's Ross, Alf or something like that. Who plays Claire? Yes, yes. So Jamie so, so, and Claire. Sophie, what is your uh, relationship to the show? How did you? So you know, I'd heard of Outlander just sort of in the ether of TV shows. You know, it it had come up, but. Netflix does that annoying thing where they uh, change the the image mm-hmm. of the TV show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And for a they while, they update the promo pictures with like random stills the from pictures. the show and not an actual promo. Right. Picture. So then it's like, is this a different show that I'm looking at? Which like I kind of understand why they do that, but it's also kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for a while, it was her. It was her season two promo shit where she was wearing that red dress courtesan's outfit not the oh, red okay. dress the, but like it was a silhouette basically it was like a mint green and yeah like her and like a high neck with the hat with the sun mm-hmm. hat and I was like okay well that's a French courtesan's outfit but like I hear the shows about Scotland so like what the fuck is this show about like I was just really confused but um I don't know I don't normally do heavy romance shows like I just don't quite get it um but did this show Bridgerton. change your mind? <laughs> no, <laughs> I, um, I mean, I love, I love a romantical show. Don't get me wrong. And I love a period drama. So it, I mean, it's all part for the course, but I had watched Bridgerton and mm-hmm. had neutral feelings about it. But after that, Netflix was really heavily suggesting Outlander. And I was like, you know, might as well give it a try in the COVID times, you know, my bar for what I'm willing to watch is so much lower than what it used to be so I was willing to give this show a try pretty much with very little consideration yeah and it seems like you enjoyed it considering you dressed up uh like a character from it for today's taping that we are doing for an audio taping 
an audio taping. Yes. Um, yeah, I, and, and it's so weird. A couple, like last week I was telling my mom that this, you know, this was the, the episode or the show we were going to cover this week mm-hmm. on the podcast. So, you know, I was, I was prepping for it and she was like, oh yeah, I've heard about that show. Like, should I watch it? And I basically was like, no, like, I was like, I don't know. What is the show even about? Like, it's really not about anything. Like, meh, 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 meh. like, and I kind of talked myself out of liking even the show. And I was like, God, like, I don't know what me and Maddie are going to talk about. Like, I, I don't know. It's just so about Claire and Jamie and like the rest of it is just so the plot is so secondary mm-hmm. to the relationships and the plot is so exhausting. It really is just so much time spent rescuing the other one and blah, blah, blah. And we'll get into it. But um, it, it, I, I had had enough distance from the show that, you know, I'd forgotten the nuances of it and like how much it pulls you in episode to episode like into the world and so mm-hmm. once I started re-watching to prep for the pod I was like oh that's right I suddenly have so many opinions <laughs> I was gonna say because you were the one that really pushed for us to do this in season two yeah um, well, well but when we had decided when we agreed to cover this pod mm-hmm. I was in the middle of season three and we agreed to just do seasons one and two because you had not finished two and so mm-hmm. I just like cold turkey cut, stopped watching the show yeah um in the middle of three so I really I haven't watched past like three five I want to say three six and um so I, I haven't seen the show I hadn't seen the show in six weeks eight weeks since right right um since prepping for this podcast so um with time the obsession fades at least for me I know that's not the same for everyone but <laughs> definitely is an easy show to obsess over um and of course your introduction to the show is me forcing you to watch it <laughs> no that's actually really? I have oh right you you watched it before I did yeah so I <laughs> was getting my car fixed whenever I was a senior in high school and walked to a local Best Buy and was roaming the DVDs and saw that season one had just come out in DVD because it would have been like May of 2015 or like July of 2015 mm-hmm. And because I was there, like, you know, I stayed the summer and um, I bought it kind of on a whim, like having heard a little bit of, I was getting like entertainment, I would get, um, I still get entertainment weekly. And so it was in, they were promoting it a lot in the magazine, but I didn't really know anything of it and bought it and like binge the shit out of it, then watched it again with my sister when I came home for summer. So I had seen season one, like twice in 2015, like right when it came out. And then season one ends on such a bummer that when season two picked up, I just couldn't get into it again. Like I just was never motivated to watch it. And there were so many other shows that I wanted to get to that this one just seemed low priority. So when you like fully kind of like became you, like you fully got into the fandom of it, you kind of resold season two and like pushing through. Mm -hmm. So I had, when I was watching season one, it was like, I was like rewatch. It was like, I vividly remembered watching it at my parents' house. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I owned the DVD and I like must've loaned it to someone. Cause I tried to find it to like, see what special features were on it. And it's, it's gone, but I, um, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. And I'm glad we covered it for the show so that I could get back, back on the bench and finish that. Cause I think, I mean, like, I feel like every show you, every single person who's based on every show, but it's like the episode that I quit on, it got good right after. Mm. <laughs> but, um, so I'm glad I stuck with it this time around to cover it for the pod. Yeah. 
good in the pilot. Yeah. What'd you think of the pilot? Okay. The pilot gets, I guess, an eight out of 10 for me. It's like, we clearly knew where the show was going. It introduced all the key characters. It, it's a little cornier than a lot of the pilots I think that we do see, but I'm assuming that they really did have to pitch it in a more traditional way because it was a romance novel turned into a show. So, and I think the novel is a big network. So, you know, stars carried it and it's a little different than pitching something to Netflix as an eight episode series or whatever the fuck people do now. Right. Well, and this was in 2015, which was kind of like right around the time of those big scripted series booms on mm-hmm. where, where Netflix was giving smaller orders. So I think that's why it went from 16 episodes to 13 episodes is because they realized that the viewers actually preferred to take like less in, even if the episodes were more compacted. This is not based in fact at all. This is just my opinion because this came yeah just like right around the time of like House of Cards and all of that stuff was starting on on Netflix. Yeah, because I actually think Stars is a really weird place for it to be. I actually think it should be on Showtime or on um, HBO. But yeah, that's it's, just it's my personal HBO-y opinion as someone who doesn't want to pay but for HBO Stars. HBO had Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and people compare these to a lot because they did come up at about the same time. So you know, it is what it. And they share actually several characters, I believe. <laughs> but um, I, I when I rewatched the pilot again, I realized I did not pay nearly enough attention to the historical stuff the first time mm-hmm. around. Um, sort of the entire pilot is just one gigantic foreshadow <laughs> for what's gonna happen in so many ways, including like it is it like really beats it over the head. Like you really like, and some of it, you know, yeah, I was like, well, I'm sure this is gonna come true, but like it, you kind of just think that as a throwaway thought in your brain, but. Um, it, it does like 100% of it comes true down to the innkeeper's wife reading Claire's tea leaves and, and she, you know, she's about to read them and Claire goes, what am I going to meet a tall, dark stranger and sail across the sea, which literally happens. And she sails across the sea in season two. Like it literally just like to a T really all happens, which is very like not smart. Like it's not like it hits you over the head with it, which is fine. Like it well, I think it helps. It Cause like, I don't know. I didn't know about the Jacobites or I didn't know about, like, I no, didn't know. Yeah. Cause I mean, no. I might've learned it in American history, like for a day or for like a week, mm-hmm. but no, um, my favorite part about the tea reading was when she basically called Claire, like a slut, but like not a slut, like you're someone who enjoys sex and you can like always keep a man in your bed. <gasps> that was and wild. then on was Claire and Jamie's <sighs> wedding night, whenever they have sex the first time. And it's like a little bit more, I think just like aggressive the first time. Cause mm-hmm. he's, not and it's just not as enjoyable yeah he thinks people do it like animals <laughs> yeah and so um he's like oh I heard from I or Angus or someone I can't remember exactly who he said that like women don't enjoy sex mm-hmm. and all I was thinking was just give her a minute like that's Claire's like that's like what we learned about Claire in the pilot is she like her like and Frank, her love language is sex, sex. <laughs> like her and Frank were always connected by sex her mm-hmm. and Jamie were able to have pretty enjoyable sex from what we were able to see um yep. But I thought that that was funny that her tea leaf was basically like, you'll be able to keep a man in your bed. <laughs> right. I'm like, wow, what an interesting, I didn't know and someone's palm could say that. I know. I was like, what does mine say? <laughs> I mean, I'm terrified to know, but. Like, um, I have a fork in my hand. Am I going to have two husbands at the same time? I mean. Or are they I just guess. never going to come as my love okay, language? I don't have a tiny I don't know how to fork, read. but I've always been convinced that I'm enough three husbands. So it's a whole thing. But, um. So this, the actual dress that Claire time travels in, just to get into the nitty gritty a little bit, the actual 
white dress that Claire time travels in, I literally, in the scene where we first see her in the dress, I thought she was wearing pajamas. Like when she then left the house, I was like, wait, that's a, that's a real dress for the outdoors. Mm-hmm. It seems impractical in any scenario, much less to travel to a different time. So um, there's that. And when we see Jack Randall for the first time, i.e. Frank play, like the, same, what's the actor's name, Tobias. Yeah. Playing who, of course, same actor plays her husband as her tormentor, <laughs> his ancestor in the 1744 timeline, which I, you know, I do think is a psychological experiment on viewers. And I do expect a survey from a STARS affiliate um, psychologist any day now to see how watching a formerly nice guy played by a super fucking evil guy same character what that does to my psyche can I tell Um, you sorry you finish your thought and then I'll tell you mine I won't forget um but anyway when we first see that you know we realize that this is happening to us and to Claire that the likeness is incredible um I stopped breathing like I fully fully mm-hmm. lost oxygen in that moment and several times after that it, it never gets less shocked like for me it never got less shocking mm-hmm, that he mm-hmm. was both I completely agree and I will say so whenever I so I hadn't watched the pilot in a while but when I watched it in 2014 or 2015 I must have watched it um I loved Frank and when she went back I was like devastated and it took me a while to see them as the same character like it like I was able to separate them in the pilot being like that's not her husband but whatever all this stuff and then as I binged the rest of the season I was texting you being like he's so fucking horrible like they made him so fucking horrible like there's no way when Mm -hmm. she wrote these books she expected them to be played by the same actor and so when I went back and watched the pilot today I was uncomfortable seeing Frank or I was yeah I was uncomfortable seeing Frank at all Mm-hmm. And that's just me. Not that's the thing. It ruined <laughs> nice Frank for me immediately. Completely. Well, I didn't realize until rewatching the pilot that Murtaugh is the one who saves her. I was so and happy. Oh my God. Also, whore being pronounced whore is my <laughs> favorite thing ever. And I think I'm just going to abandon. I mean, not that I use that word that much, but um, whore is um, so much funnier. Mm-hmm. And then making her a field doctor is I mean sure it's smart I guess but it's also sort of like literally the only way she was gonna survive right like she couldn't have survived in this time if she was useless like if she was um a math teacher (laughs) or a housewife like I just really can't imagine her being able to thrive in any kind of environment um mm-hmm. so it's like sure smart but also it's like hmm, did they have that many choices I don't know I would have um, lasted like the first day you've seen me ride a horse it's not great I wouldn't have made it the first night that they had to ride that horse I mean I could have I would like to think I would have done okay but like what would I have had to offer to this community right, you would- nothing like like sure I can ride a horse but like they don't like outspoken women and mm-hmm. again, I have no heart. And cussing. Still, so, 
Yeah, they really hated her swearing. Um, and I also hated her Jesus Atreus about Christ. I hated it every time from the beginning. Sorry, I know people think it's a cute quirk. I think it's fucking annoying. I always thought it was very odd. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a review that I have forgotten, so I apologize that I'm not crediting the person for this, but someone else pointed out, which I concur, the love interest is clearly the only person with a normal haircut and bulging muscles. So that's <laughs> how we knew that Jamie was going to be the love interest. I didn't know until they had her right on his horse. Um, and that's when I was like, oh, it's going to be them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that's all I have for the pilot. I gave it a nine out of 10. I really liked the pilot. I agree with everything you said. I thought it was a really great introduction to both the world in 1945 that she was leaving and her backstory while also giving us an insight into what she was going into. And I do agree that the pilot like really kind of spelled out the plot and was given to you like, here's the battle of Claude and it takes place on this day. My ancestor is this person. He happened to marry this person that like there's no way that a wife would retain that much of their husband's genealogy um just purely not caring like that's Mm -hmm. awesome I'm so happy for you but like in one ear out the other but Mm -hmm. it obviously came in handy and was extremely useful to moving the story along I will say that something that's consistent with me is I could have done less in 1945 like I don't really give Mm -hmm. a shit about Frank Mm -hmm. um at all I did I guess the first time because I didn't know where she was going but I really enjoy her in Scotland so once she got to Scotland is when I was like okay this is what I remember this is what I like I want to see like I also think it's fun to watch someone use like air quotes like basic fundamental like cleaning out a wound or like this hill is we're whatever like using truly basic knowledge that we have learned over the course of like generations to like wow people in the olden times I think is very funny and like mm-hmm. was always something that I enjoyed was like her saying something really like I know you didn't like the Jesus H Roosevelt Christ but I liked that that was a joke for the audience and not for the people because they don't know who that is right yeah they so know, yeah. that kind of like tongue-in-cheek of like us knowing more than her knowing more than them I enjoyed mm-hmm. do you want to go into some of the bits and jokes yeah, so um, speaking of her contemporary knowledge of all kinds of things, when in the pilot, when Jamie is shot, he falls off the horse because he's taken a, a shot through his neck or arm or bullet. whatever. A bullet, that's right. <laughs> and she's like, well, I need to clean the wound, you know, and she's freaking out. And uh, she's like, well, you know, so like I need to clean it so there's no germs. Mm-hmm. And they're like, germs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just very funny. I'm like, yeah, this tracks. <laughs> it's like a fun show to watch in the pandemic because it is so far removed from our <laughs> current world. But also some of it was just like actually disgusting. <laughs> yeah, a lot like, of it is actually disgusting. Like looking at their nails, I was like, wash your hands. Do you not wash them for 20 well, seconds every time you do? Like, of course and they, they don't. But- really even address so much of the hygiene. Like, really, they skip straight past it, which is a choice. She did say, um, which I thought was funny, was like, I don't think I'm on a movie set because the the horse that I'm riding, which was Murtog. How does that how you say his name? Murtog? I am sure. Um, like, smells too bad. 
She was like, this is, this has to be real because he like stinks. <laughs> like, all right. And like the only word she says, all these like sciencey words. And then the only word they, they know is alcohol. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah. We've got that. <laughs> yep. Yep. In episode six of season one, uh, it's when they're on the road breakfast time and the men start brawling in the pub Claire says "Ugh, here we go again as they and the they start to blast um bagpipe music in the background as all these Scottish men start to fight each other it was just very funny when she like rolled her eyes and was like "Ugh, this again like it's like literally breakfast and these guys are fucking fighting each other for what she thinks is no reason and in that same episode later because that sort of like broke the ice for that group right like they're mm-hmm. defending her honor and whatever, whatever. Uh, later on in that episode, when one of the guys goes, I've never heard a woman make a joke. <laughs> I laughed out loud. I think I spit out my water. I was like, yes. Oh my God. LOL. Um, in episode seven, Jack Randall says to the officer who he's asked to come into the room. He says, have you ever kicked a woman? It's very freeing. And like, I know I shouldn't have laughed at that, but like I did. Like, I was like, oh my God. Like I, I laughed at the horribleness of it, I think. But I was like, yeah, wow, like- he's so evil. Like he's so evil. Yeah. Um, And then in the season one finale, the two guys that always followed Claire. Yeah, Angus and Rupert. Them, Rupert. Okay, Rupert says, uh, you know, they're about to sail away and- uh, you know, she was like, oh, what are you going to do now that we're gone or whatever? And Rupert goes, oh yeah, I'm sure, you know, I'll have a nice little break. Keeping you and Jamie out of harm's way is a full-time occupation. And I was like, <laughs> it literally is. Like these two motherfuckers are always in trouble. Yeah. It's like every other episode, one of them gets kidnapped by a red coat. It's like, what? It's exhausting. why are you the only people who get kidnapped by the British? literally it's so exhausting um so i think jamie's supposed to be like mid-20s i don't think he's supposed to be very old that could be yeah. wrong but i don't no 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 that's be... correct and she's supposed to be older than him because she was born in 1918 and slightly... so i don't know how old she'd be at 1943 i'm really bad at math she should be like yeah in her 30s early 30s yeah. mm-hmm. so um, i think he's supposed to be like 26 ish yeah not a whole lot i'm Although, just like, like how did you have enough time to piss off piss off an entire country and you're just one person who's like in his 20s. Yeah. They like read Jamie and they all hate him. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but in season two, Jamie explaining the uh, Le Dame Blanche nickname mm-hmm. was just very, like a very funny scene. Like Sam played it very well where he was like okay so because she was like wow why would they like who would call me la dame blanche and he was like okay so actually it's <laughs> <laughs> like okay so like i was at this bar this one time and <laughs> there were these like whores <laughs> who um was like trying to like get my attention or whatever and i was like trying to politely say no but like i needed like a legit reason and the legit reason was like my wife is the dumb blanche and i was like okay this is hysterical that this nickname that she hates that the whole town knows her for is literally because her husband start like her husband started it. Yeah, because um, he didn't want to cheat on her. Which is amazing. And it, it means a white wrong. the white witch, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm like, at least he didn't make you just an evil witch, like just a witch. Right. At least right. you're like you right. see good, and it helped her out. It helped Later her out on. a lot. Yeah, like a, a lot. 
Um, and then the last thing I have, um, which is not a joke, but um, there was laughter in the scene, so I'm counting it as a joke, but when Randall in season two, they're at Versailles in the gardens, Jamie's looking at the horses, whatever. Mm-hmm. Clara walks off with the girl who used to be Jamie's girl, whatever, whatever, whatever. Randall appears out of fucking nowhere. And uh, he did always appear like he was a time traveler. (laughs) (laughs) He would just like pop up. I'd be like, how the fuck are you in France? (laughs) Truly, he also was time traveling. That's a really good point. I think he he also was. He was like the Muppets, like travel by map. He's like, today I want to go to France. (laughs) Today I want to go to Lally Rock. Like, it's like, how the fuck do you travel so fast? Very confusing. Um, He was everywhere you didn't want him to be. That was her fucking shirt. In this scene, the king shows up like the mm-hmm. king of France. And he suggests that Randall get on his knees to ask the Duke for whatever the fuck for his brother. Oh, he need Alex needed a position, I think. Or needed out of his position. Yeah, it had something to do with Alex. I don't know so what the right. deal was, but there was some fucking thing. So then like Randall is on his knees in front of the king. <laughs> and I was like, this is therapy for me. I don't know about anybody else in this scene, but it was therapy for me. And then, of course, like all the king and his little posse are all laughing at him, which was extra therapy. I was like, oh, God, thank God. He's like, we need, we needed a little. We needed him to like get his like ego hum- bruised a little humbled bit. a little yeah. bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. We need a little humbling going on here because my God. Um, but yeah, the, those are the, all of the jokes. I and have. I think the prince this show like, is not particularly ha ha funny. So. Yeah, I think the prince is like not right now. Like I didn't say to do it right. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, "Not now." He was like, "You English take everything so, so literally." Yeah. <laughs> um. So I don't have anything written down about this, but I found the Duke of Sangreham to be equal parts funny and equal parts frustrating. Like I hated his character amazing. and wasn't sad when he died, but also typically when he was a scene, it was funny. And I agree yeah. with you. Like I put I have, him like, in my best B plots. <laughs> yeah, like I don't have anything specifically that he said, but I did enjoy how quickly he flip flopped because it was kind of he was just ridiculous. Like he I was, was so ridiculous. I can't guarantee that if I didn't want to die but also had a title that I wouldn't also flip flop flop flip flop. Mm-hmm. So I wrote down like four or five quotes because again, it's not like a funny. It's like one of those stories where you tell the whole thing and then you're like, I guess you had to be there. That's kind of how the show is. <laughs> Where you're like, it's funny in the context of like seven scenes before it or in something else, but rarely in like actual dialogue. It's like you- Or like a reaction shot. You have to wait three episodes and 45 minutes for the one snarky comment Mm -hmm. that's funny. Like it's not- Right. Right. Or like it would take too long to explain the joke to be like, okay, here's why it's funny. Cause four episodes and yeah. Okay. So the first introduction of Claire to Jamie, when she says I'm a nurse and the look he gives her is such a smirk. And she immediately is like, not a wet nurse. And his like, kind of like, whatever. I thought that was funny. So Claire, when she's talking to, I hate, what's the girl's name that we both hate? Leary. Leary. So after she gives Leary that like fake love charm thing, Mm-hmm. And says, sprinkle the contents of this together. Stand outside the door. Tap your heels together three times and recite. There's no place like love. There's no place like love. <laughs> that, made love that was like another bit of like. Yeah, that was for us. <laughs> obviously a play to uh, Wizard of Oz. Um, Claire and Angus's in Rupert's friendship. Hate turned friendship, turned love, turned whatever. Um was very funny to me but whenever they have like this whole conversation and it claire says i believe your left hand gets jealous of your right that's about all i believe 
Yes. No, that was immediately before then Rupert's response was, I've never heard a woman make a joke before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then on their wedding night, Claire says, where did you learn to kiss like that? And it's also just the way Jamie delivers lines. But when he says, Mm -hmm. I said I was a virgin, not a monk. I was like, okay, that was funny. And also like, (laughs) all right, let's go. Um, When Claire and is her name Giles? No, Galus. Galus. When they're on the witch trial and she says, if you're a witch, now would be a perfect time to use your powers. And she (laughs) says, I same to you, my friend. Maybe not because I remember when we studied the Salem witch trials in high school or yes. middle school or whatever. I always mm-hmm. remember thinking if they were actually witches, why wouldn't they not die? Like, why right, wouldn't they yeah. stop it? And so that right. made me laugh. And then Murtaugh saying, only in France does a king need an audience to shit. But he says shite. <laughs> yeah. Um, but those are pretty much all the ones I wrote down. Um, what... So I think that the show has way more sad bits than happy bits. Yep. So no, let's go brutal. into what your heartbreak scene is. Yeah. If you're looking for like a light fun show, don't watch this. Mm-hmm. This is emotionally, it will emotionally break you down every episode if you really want to. It's not for the faint of heart. Mm-hmm. Um, the first heart I just chose the first one um the first heartbreak scene I had was when in season one when Jamie brings her back to the stones instead of bringing her back to Lallybrock when she Um, says he says do you want me to take you home and she says yes all right are you she's yeah he's like are you ready to go home and she's like yeah and they go over the top of the hill and it's Craig Nadoon not Lallybrook and yeah I was like, holy shit. Pretty much if the two of them are at Craig Ladoon together, I'm crying. It yeah. doesn't matter. If, like if he is at the Stones too, sure. it's fucking sad. It's <laughs> or fucking if he's sad. not at the Stones. Yeah. I I was um I was prepping for the pod and rewatched lots of episodes um mm-hmm. in seasons one and two. Less from two um well maybe the same from two but I I really watched the last episode that they were in France which I want to say was it was five six when was it Faith the one where she lost yeah. the baby or the one before that yeah like, yeah that was like six I think five or six okay so I watched six and then the finale of two so I just skipped straight to 13 um but I managed to, even on the second watching, and I'm not an, a, much of a crier. I was going to um, say, the audience does need to know because we might not have mentioned it. Sophie rarely cries ever. in her life, but also mm-hmm. specifically, you're really good at being able to not cry at TV shows because you can take yourself out of the world and be like, well, yeah, this yes. is sad. Detachment like- <laughs> principles were instilled in me as a small child, and they have served me for better and for oh, worse as an adult. Um, so I can detach very easily when watching TV. Like I rarely um, and I cry at commercials to so. empathize with what's going on on the screen. But um, for some fucking reason, <laughs> this goddamn show, I can't. I can't, no matter, and I didn't rewatch all of them, obviously. I literally watched six, then the finale of two. Um, and I know that there was more in between because I definitely remember crying more in season two, but um, I cried twice in the finale because I can't 
1968 or wherever the fuck she is we followed her to mm-hmm. um because I can't watch Claire mourn Jamie <laughs> without crying. Like I can't. Like she's just like the saddest she's a really good fucking actor. character on TV. Like you've never seen someone so fucking sad in your whole life as Claire Beecham Randall Fraser. Like she literally, she's so sad all and she doesn't even she gives cry. me and- Mary Crawley vibes. Yes, like those two yes. actresses to me Wrong act Mary the Crawley same vibes. act the same level of desperation in their sadness which makes it worse yes. silent sadness it's like they would I do anything to have thing. that person back I think it's a British thing yeah 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 it's like I'm suffering so deeply but I'm gonna continue to be a robot because I feel like I have to perform for other people which makes the sadness worse right mm-hmm. because they're just trying to like swallow it all down well I think um, in French I miss you translates to you are missing from me which even yeah, that definition is languages. like yes like you are missing from my being not just like I miss you as a person like yes there's a part of me missing which is so much sadder what you yes, think about like you were missing for me yeah it's in french and in spanish um but, yeah not in english um, <laughs> we're too super sad. no no callous english people um but yeah it's just like i can't she's just the saddest fucking character on tv and i just it you know also i also loved jamie i did not relate to claire in the way i related to mary like i really did feel a kinship with Mary in that yeah. But with Claire, I did not relate to her in the same way. In fact, oftentimes I found myself thinking, what the fuck, Claire? Yeah. <laughs> However, I did 100% also love Jamie. So that was really where I was at with my empathy. Um, it's like, I also had lost Jamie, you know? There was something else about this show. Oh, it was from the finale of one. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> So finale of one was really fucking dark. So dark, which we will get to. We'll get to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, but, sorry we're kind of bopping around tonight, but we will get I through mean, all the points. Don't you worry. I'll cut all this out. But um in the season one finale, okay. a lot of things happen. But a big chunk of the plot is them in the, the the crew in the monastery right and jamie is refusing to eat because he's so full of shame he doesn't want to live anymore and the everyone is trying to in their own way inspire him to continue to live and there's a interaction which i'd forgotten about between Murta and jamie it completely in gaelic and i watched the whole show with subtitles so mm-hmm. when but they this interact they don't action, they don't subtitle the gaelic right which is insane and i don't understand why they don't do that it's like why not you think you're gonna make us all look up the fucking translations for all this shit i don't know i don't know why they didn't subtitle the gaelic that was really frustrating so this person on reddit so i again have no idea if this is accurate but we're gonna take it as you heard that you read it somewhere so it's fact Mm -hmm. so jamie says to murtaugh in gaelic gaelic Right? It's Gallic, actually. Okay. Jamie says to Murtaugh and Gallic, how can you let me continue to suffer in this pain? And Murtaugh says, we'll do our best to heal you, Jamie. Some things can't be healed. Honor my wishes and in this now. And Murtaugh says, I'll suffer no more of this talk. 
And Jamie says, will you force me to beg? And Murtaugh says, I've made a promise to your mother, rest her soul, that no harm would come to you. And what about Claire? Would you make her a widow? You're not thinking straight. You haven't a single thought for her. And then Jamie says, I haven't a single thought of anything but her. He's not a real person is what I had to tell myself over and over and over again. Not real and it really is unfortunate. When you and I talked about Outlander pre- uh, the pot like literally pre me starting it and you were like fully obsessed with Jamie I was like okay yeah like I remember him being like like hot like I remembered him being hot what I had mm-hmm. forgotten was how he spoke like a fucking Disney prince mm-hmm. like everything he says is the most romantic eloquent like even when he like mm-hmm. fumbles it comes across as like self-deprecating humor like yes. I don't understand how like the what you just said gave me butterflies for Jamie a fictional character mm-hmm. Yes. It's a little bit like the Duke where it's like, you're stumbling over your words because you just love her so much. Like Mm -hmm. that's literally how the actor plays it. Um, And I guess maybe now is a good time to talk about the fact that this show was written, well, the books of course were written by a woman, Mm -hmm. an American woman out of Arizona who just studied um, Scotland. So there's a whole host of issues with that. We're not going to get into that because we're not historians and we're also not book people or like we're not. We've never read the books. I'm not like a loyalist never to the, the novel. So we're not going to dive into that subculture. Um, but not only was the writer a woman, but the production, the various production teams, be it the producers, be it the writers, um, directors, there's a like huge proportion of the show leadership is actually female which is super uncommon in the industry and really especially at the time like when they first started working on this show 10 years ago yeah no I think the first season aired in 2014 yeah but I guess that is like six or seven years ago yeah it feels like it shouldn't Um, be that far away I know right but um yeah, super uncommon. is a preemie too. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was still, it, it's really shocking how many women were working on the show. And, and it really, like, once you see it, you can't unsee it, you know, like everything that Jamie, particularly in the Jamie and Claire, in my opinion, the Jamie and Claire interactions, um, particularly reflect female writing because the way he validates her is the way women want to be validated, not the way men think women want to be validated, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it just, it's... Right, well, like, when I was watching the wedding episode, I was texting you, and I was like, this has got to be right. You told me that stat, and so I looked it up, and I was like, yep, it was written by a woman. And like, you can tell, yeah. because can the tell. way he speaks to her, it's like... It, it's like so respectful, but sexy. Yes. Which is like a hard line. It's a hard line. What a concept. (laughs) I mean, it's a hard line to hit, especially in a period piece that came from a romance novel that deals with so much rape, right? Like, but Mm -hmm. the way that he especially talks about sex and especially talks about like Claire and like the, the fact that so many men listen to Claire, um, especially coming up after Bridgerton, which like I enjoyed, but I didn't like I wouldn't say it's like my favorite show I've watched this year by any means, but how little Daphne knew about sex and how they kind of like kept the women so in the dark to the fact that like Claire was like the driving force in the bedroom and Claire was the one that was like 
Jamie she, she was doing all of this stuff. And like, Jamie wasn't embarrassed to say he was a virgin and she didn't make it a big deal. Like the guys kind of <sighs> gave him a hard time, but really not even that big of a hard time. No. Um, like there was no sex shaming on either side. I felt like, especially in that mm-hmm. episode, yes, they used words like whore. Yes. There was raping. Yes. It's not by any stretch of the imagination, like good. Um, I'm not saying like, we should all go back to how women were treated in 1744 by no, but for a show, I was rarely made uncomfortable by the sexual advances towards women. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Like it, it, they're just constantly reset unequal footing, which I mean, Bridgerton is a great example. It just isn't the same, you know, and Mm -hmm. they do it quite frequently flipping flipping what normally ends up being a female plot burden things like rape and virginity and stuff like that and end up having their male lead take those burdens on is mm-hmm. you know different even, even when Claire had sex with someone that wasn't Javier like so she had sex with Frank but like she wanted to have sex with Frank and then and all obviously I don't know anything past season two but um even when she went to have sex well, with Well, she had to Fran- sleep with the King of France. Right, I was going to say, is, hold on. It she, is a brag. <laughs> she did sleep with the King of France, but she knew what she was doing. She walked into the yeah. situation knowing she was going to have sex with him. Like, yeah. she wasn't... It, it, she was not taken advantage of. She was not she taken knew. advantage of. She, she needed to get her husband out of jail, and like, it was she, part of the price. So while she did not want to have sex with him, it wasn't um, forceful. Like, he didn't have to hold her. Like, it was not... Yeah. Consensual. I mean, it was consensual. It just wasn't wanted. Yes, exactly. It was exactly. That's exactly. I I know that's that's a tough line, but she went into the situation being like, I'm going to sleep with this man. I'm going to get my husband back. And like, he did honor his end of the bargain. Right. I was afraid. Followed through. And he was going to sleep with her. None want her. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like, yes. So we're all aware. Claire was taken advantage of less than Jamie. Jamie. Oh yeah. Because even the, you have to let us know, even on their wedding night, um, when they had to like consummate the marriage and that's how they would be able to tell Randall and yada, whatever, all that stuff. I don't know if Claire knew that part of the arrangement. Trying to think, I watched it today. Um, I think they like kind of barged in and like, that was just like of the times, like people watched and yada, yada, all that stuff. But he never put pressure on her to do it. Like when they had sex on their wedding night, it was very much like- she was involved in the decision to finally start the act of sex. Like she didn't just, he didn't just like immediately rape her. And he even said like, you don't ever have to be scared of me. Like I, I will never hurt you. Right. Okay. Mads, what's your heartbreak scene? So my heartbreak scene is in season two and it is right after Claire has her stillbirth and mm. the staff, I guess the people that are, I got kind of confused with who all was at the house, but Fergus comes to the hospital and asks Mm -hmm. her to come home. And when they pull up, all of the people are standing outside and she has to walk. So that just like, I just started crying. And then later in the episode, when she's retelling Jamie and she's so mad at Jamie, Mm -hmm. um, when she's retelling Jamie what happened and the, I can't remember her name, but the woman that was Jamie's girl or whatever comes to the hospital and they're like, how long has she been like this? And she's holding the baby and they have to take the baby away. They, yeah, they have to take the baby away from her. That whole storyline was handled. Like 
when I was trying to think of like, and this isn't, when I was trying to think of my single best scene, I was like, I don't want to do one that's just Claire by herself and not with another human. But that mm-hmm. girl, like Katrina Balf can act against a wall. Like yeah. she <laughs> is such a good fucking actor that she stole like the amount of scenes where she was the only person in it. I was like, if this was any other show or any other character in the show, I'd be scrolling my phone. <laughs> like she commands this, the, the camera. Yeah. But that was my thing. And I, I honestly can't believe I've had to say this on the podcast more than once. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I would like the record to state that I still fucking hate dueling. Like Jamie <laughs> missed that whole thing because he was dueling with Frank. Yep. And yes, blah, blah, whatever. But I, I hate it as a plot point. Yeah, he missed I, his, the birth of his child because... The fact that it came up more than once in the two seasons, I was so irritated. I was like, stop. Twice fucking, in the same season. Stop. Yeah. Like, I'm done with the duels. No, I think he got asked to be a second in the first season for the oh, Duke. yeah. And yeah. then he... Th- well, but he, twice in two, because he almost, yeah, he challenges... He, and they accept and then Claire says, give me a yeah. year. He needs to impregnate Mary. And then, um, which I have a lot of thoughts about that storyline. Yeah, um, and then we'll get there. the third was when we didn't actually see any of it from, we just knew he got arrested, but we didn't see like if the duel right. took place. Right. Um, but yeah, yes. I was just, it was just heartbreaking seeing her kind of mourn that baby and and not having Jamie there who yeah. wanted the baby so bad. And uh-huh. um, yeah, but okay. So let's go back in time a little bit, just like Claire did. What was your turning point for Outlander? Yeah, so my turning point when I was convinced to watch the show was when it was solidified to me that Jamie was going to be the love interest, which is when Jamie and Claire end up on the horse together and uh, they're on their little like multi-day horseback riding adventure. Mm-hmm. And that's how when I was like, oh, it's going to be because, you know, at first I'm like, is it the guy who saved her? Like, is that who's going to be? No. I was like, oh yeah, no, it's it's Jamie and I am absolutely here for it. And then a secondary double down of, cause you know, they kind of cool the jets on their romance for mm-hmm. several episodes. But in episode six, when they're He's on the road- He's not really in a lot of the first two episodes. He's in maybe yeah. like 10 minutes of the pilot, maybe 15. And then he's like out at the stables, like more than half of mm-hmm. episode two. Yeah. He's definitely, um, he was not used until late, which was, was kind of annoying when you're watching it, like rewatching. You're like, when the fuck does Jamie join the show? It's like, I meet seriously. Murtaugh first. I meet right, yeah, Jack seriously. Randall before I meet Jamie. Yeah, seriously. In episode six, Jamie uh, decides to sleep outside her room in the tavern because he's like, the men are going to like come up here and bother you. So like, I want to like, you know, whatever like protect you I guess which I know I shouldn't like I mean I know I need to be more of a feminist and like caring about that but like I always like okay okay he knows those guys he knows what they're capable of I am like right back on the Jamie train I'm like okay we're gonna chug 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 like this things are happening with Jamie and Claire so yeah yeah, that was like actually doubled down the, the turning point for me but um what was the turning point for you so I don't watch a lot of time travel shows or like sci-fi shows, but I was pretty much immediately hooked when she goes through the stones and it's like, she thinks she's on a movie set. And then it's like the, <laughs> cannon, the cannon goes off. And then right <laughs> at that moment, the immediate use, they use music really well in the show, but the bagpipes, yeah. bagpipes start playing. She's like running through and then sees the frantic bagpipes. She sees so Jack funny. in his, mm-hmm. you know, red coat uniform. And, um, like the look on her face of feeling relief that it's Frank to then mm-hmm. 
as an audience audience member also being like, oh fuck, is that Frank? And then right. I think all of us having that same realization that like that right. man's evil. Like, oh, and she was no. like, you're not Frank. See, like I said, if you like to say, oh no, out loud, this mm-hmm. show is for you. But well, everyone, oh no, 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 no. That is not your husband. And then like the way the Scots come and save her and like immediately, like they're a little bit more mm-hmm. gruff. But I was like, okay, like I, so it was pre Jamie. And then once I met Jamie, I was like, I actually okay. don't know when I got like fully sold on their romance, but it, it might have been. Was it the lighting? <laughs> we do, uh, dear viewers, Sophie created a very, uh, we'll put a video on our Instagram on, it'll go on, it'll live on the feed um, so that you can see how the, the yes. show abuses lighting to manipulate viewers emotions and sam hugan's muscles um yeah literally like again once you see it you can't unsee it the entire lighting design is based around sam hugan's muscles yeah i was so. gonna say that's that's like 90 percent of what we texted about which is not important it was just me sending pictures of the screen being like hope i don't need to know who's in this carriage hope i don't need to know totally black it is like it is a very darkly dimly lit show yeah yeah yeah. not great i had to like turn all the lights on in my apartment i was like okay like my computer's all the way up when i was watching it it's crazy um but yeah okay so do you want to jump into the best and worst b plots i have a bunch but we can i'm sure we'll cross over quite a bit yeah i'm have a feeling that we'll Um, cross over mine are in order which is nice grab some water yeah would you want to just take a break yeah let's go ahead and take a break um a little bit earlier than normal but yeah i think we're like a third of the way through this episode so we still got quite a quite a bit of ground to cover (laughs) so we'll take a break now and then yeah we'll be right back surprise it's us again this is just a quick reminder for you guys to make sure you are subscribed to the pod on itunes or on spotify or wherever you get your podcasts it really helps us um, with our audience and it really helps you make sure you don't miss an episode as these do drop on tuesdays weekly Second thing is actual exciting news. We are doing a little giveaway of sorts. If you go and give us a review on iTunes, then screenshot the review and email it to us at singlebestscene at gmail.com. We will send you a very special Single Best Scene sticker. So get those reviews in and we will get you a sticker and that's it thanks and we're back yes so we're gonna we're gonna go into um b plots now best and worst and and all of all of the above do you want to take the lead or do you want to ping pong or how do you how what are you thinking today we can ping pong so number one loved Ned Gowan, the lawyer. Mm -hmm. He was fantastic. Claire needed a friend who, you know, was on her level. And Ned Gowan was that, Mm -hmm. our lawman. I also loved Galus. When, upon rewatching, I think that Galus knew that Claire was also from the future the whole time. Like, I think she knew the whole time. Mm -hmm. But what do you think? So I think she was suspicious of like, if she was a Jacobite the whole time or why she was British and here, 
I think when it clicked for her that she's from the future is when she said that Nathan Hale, I have but only one life to live for my country. I think that's I when, feel like that when she was like, it. oh shit. Yeah. Like, I, I agree with you. Like maybe she had some suspicions. Like how does she know kind mm-hmm. of the same amount of stuff I know and I'm from the future. Right. So like- That's that's the thing. It was like, she knows so I, much. I definitely and she's she a woman, like, right? Suspicious of her overall. But I think yeah. that that's, which I also thought was interesting because I looked that up. I did not know that that was a Nathan Hale um, thing until I looked it up, but that was said in 1776. So it's not like that was even said that far in the future. Yeah, that really, but that was, yeah, I was like, she could have gone with like something from Roosevelt. <laughs> yeah. Or like JFK even, or maybe like a prime minister at the queen. Sure, right. Like there's more contemporary. But anyway, I uh but it makes sense now because at the time I was like, that's weird that Claire would say an American, right? Because that was with the colonies and all that stuff, but she lived in Boston. So I'm assuming she just got really pre-Boston. No, no, no. Oh, yep, you're right. This is pre-Boston. But I mean mean, it's it's like a it's a a very famous contemporary touch point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The, The whole thing was like a nod to plus this is of course written by an American for Americans. So um you Which know. everybody's gonna like write in the comments like Nathan Hale was British. <laughs> like that was from the like who would know from England. <laughs> if it was, we all know it was just around the same time as the American Sorry. Revolution. Yeah, but so. I really loved Galus's character. I think she was so important to the show. Another friend to Claire, someone else to talk to and bounce off of and sort of a foil honestly for two women who are from the future I I had no idea that Galus was from the future until she said the thing and I was like holy shit mm-hmm. um I only knew so part of my Galus thing is I thought the witch trial was like the strongest b-plot oh, the show had amazing. in the entire thing that is like what I used to sell the show to people pre-Netflix whenever I would have people <laughs> borrow my dvds because and the only reason why I knew that is my mom has a small mark. So I don't know if your mom does too, but my mom has a small pox Probably, mark yeah. on her arm that I had asked about when I was younger because it looks like a scar. Mm-hmm. And so when she did that, and then also her talking about killing her husband, Arthur, and then after watching Iconic. the finale, knowing she also killed her husband in 1968, that she killed two <laughs> husbands. Two husbands. Because <laughs> at first, remember, I was re- so I watched episode 11 today because I should love it so much. And when she was talking about how she killed her husband, I was like, oh, she's talking about to get here, like the human sacrifice that she thought. And then I was like, oh no, that bitch killed Arthur. Yeah. Who we met like on an episode two or whatever. Like it was in it a little bit. But um, I agree. Claire needed it. It was it was interesting and I'm sure kind of like a bold, it was kind of a bold choice of the writers to give Claire someone from the future, but not have her realize that she was from the future until she was leaving. And then mm. also have Brianna meet yeah her before she left but not have Claire have time to do it it's like they want them to right. miss but it's not frustrating mm-hmm. to the audience that they don't yeah because the it's like yeah. they um it didn't stop their story right like we met Galas after she'd already gone so it wasn't like Claire yeah. could have told her anything that would have changed it like story-wise the time time shows like fuck Which, with my brain <laughs> okay right okay so if you think too much about the timeline you it can't break like your brain, brain fritzes and mm-hmm. you can't like you can't think anymore however I was just explaining this to my friends um tonight at the bar I was like okay the show because they're like oh time travel so tricky I'm like yeah but like there's generally and maybe I'm misremembering this but 
there's generally two ways people in time travel address time. One of them is time is, is we live every day and every day is a new day. So like, if you're going to time travel back, every single thing you do has a ripple effect and you Mm -hmm. don't know what the ripple effect is. The butterfly effect. Right. Exactly. But then there's another theory that like all time happened at once and we're living it day by day, but it it has all already happened. Like it's outside of our experience just because we're experiencing it one day at a time. It all boom, like all happened at once, which sounds totally insane, but like, whatever, like that is another theory of time. The same way we are not history majors. We are not physics majors. Nope. But this show applied the latter of those two um scenarios to the show of like time happened all at once which I actually appreciate because but then why does it matter so much about Frank about making sure Frank is conceived she doesn't know this we I think we know it as once Culloden happens I think I feel like we as an audience are are supposed to know that they can't really change anything which is a little bit of a relief to be honest because it is exhausting I think as a viewer to think well well what is this what is Claire doing now that's going to change the future what is Claire doing now that's going to change the future like x y and z blah 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 and it's exhausting because you know it's like we how could we even know all of the effects that she has but to think that it's sort of all set and there's actually nothing they can do and sure these two stupid characters are going to keep trying to change things and like good for them but like at the end of the day yeah overall nothing is going to change I mean it's a relief yeah it's not like that whatever what's that show on Amazon Prime that's if I think it's called oh shit Oh, it's the show where it's like the World War II didn't happen. And so it's like split between Nazi Germany. Oh, what is that yes. show called? Oh my gosh. Man in the High Castle. Man in the High Castle. Yes. Where that's the one where they like actually, I think, change history. I haven't watched it. I have no clue. Um, so speaking of, one of the things that I loved um, in the B plot was Dougal thinking that Claire was a British spy and having Rupert and Angus follow her Mm -hmm. but the more I thought about it the more I was like would it be worse to be considered like she was acting like a spy right like she knew a bunch of shit about Mm -hmm. the war from a pretty from a British perspective Mm -hmm. she's British Mm -hmm. um so I'm like would it have been worse if they thought she was a spy or a witch because then at the witch trial that looked pretty fucking scary so I thought that was interesting but also just kind of like a comedic b plot after a lot of like introduction plot for them to just like yeah. follow her around for an episode. Yeah, them following her around was very funny. And every time Dougal cornered her about like being a spy, she was like, seriously? Yeah. You're really going to ask me about this right fucking now? Am I a spy? No, I'm not a fucking spy. It reminded me of um, The Flight Attendant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of Kaylee Cuoco being like, I'm not a fucking spy. <laughs> I'm just a flight attendant. I was like, I'm just a nurse. It's not my fault. You don't know what a fucking nurse is yet. <laughs> right. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. Um, I loved finding out that Jamie is a virgin. I know we've already mentioned it, but I got to mention it again. That was delightful. I thoroughly enjoyed that. I completely um, agree. I put everything about the wedding episode minus yes. Dougal coming on to Claire because it felt really unnecessary. Uh-huh. Like it just, Dougal picked Jamie to marry. I just so close mm-hmm. to like getting out scot free on her being sort of like uh, ancestrally attacked. Mm-hmm. And, and yet 
touch her, I don't think. And it was just verbal, but it definitely was like, also I was like- It was very threatening. It was very threatening. And I was like, Dougal, couldn't you have picked to marry her? No, he was married to his wife. But we didn't know that. We didn't know that he was married. Well, because yeah, he was cheating on her with Gayla, like whatever. Yeah, but like he he was legally married to someone else. Yeah, Dougal to me was the most confusing character in that I never really knew his true motives. Like yeah, I was always was nervous when he showed up. So well. Oh my yes. God. He was so scary. <laughs> I have a section that's like not B plots, just things we need to talk about. And casting is definitely in that Same. category. Um, okay, but back at the wedding night. Um yeah, yeah. so when one of the best episodes, first of all, the internet agrees. Episode seven, it's episode seven, season one, episode seven, everyone. When Claire says we should go to bed and Jamie says to bed or to sleep. I screamed. <laughs> I have that in my I have that in my notes too. Um, but I've on that same note, I've never felt less sympathy for anybody than Claire pouting about missing her old husband. Um, because she literally got the biggest upgrade <laughs> on earth. So like, honey, we've all forgotten about your sad, like stuck in his little spy room husband in 1944. You literally have a hot Scottish Highlander as your new husband who's younger. Like nobody gets that kind of upgrade. Right, right. Well, and I actually, um, and I don't know if this might be something we should talk about later, but the ramifications or how long she fretted about the existence of Frank. Do you want to talk about that now or a little bit later? Let's talk about it later because it really brings the moon down and it comes up more importantly in season two anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I loved the bit where it, it, I guess I could have put this in a bit. It just wasn't funny. Um, but Claire cursing blackjack and telling him, I know the day you live, you were born and I know the day you die and whispering it. I still have more things to say about the wedding episode. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry. I thought you had things to say about the wedding episode. I do. I have a paragraph. <laughs> um, but I have one j- quote about the wedding. Okay, let's hear it. Well, I have two. One, when she says, so you married me to keep me safe. And he says, I, that's the gist of it. You have my name, my clan, my family, and if necessary, the protection of my body as well. I was like, woo, we are going through it. And then after he talked to Dougal, Jamie says, he said, like Dougal said, you never want to let a woman see you too eager to please her. Gives her too much power. And Claire says like, really? Like, ha ha. What did you have to say to that? And he said, I said, I was completely under your power and happy to be there. I gasped. That's when I looked up that it was written by a woman. Yep. Yep. (laughs) So I was like, he, he loves her so much. And I was like, I don't even think they've said I love you yet. No, they hadn't. They had not. Yes, no. I right, mean, those were my last. You were unsure if this show was written by women. Um, season or episode seven will get you there for sure. Like, there's mm-hmm. none of it makes any. A man wouldn't write one single fucking scene in this episode. So romantic. Um, but to speak to the actors, sexual chemistry, good for them. Um, so they had there was sexual tension there before, obviously. Um, but I do feel like they literally like switched it on when they did their little undressing scene um it went from like 20 percent to 200 percent it was this like moment where it was like before I was like okay 
like we we're hoping they're gonna get together like they're both the hot leads blah 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 and then this scene happens and everything after that was like they're a hot married couple mm-hmm. like the end right like that was sort of it for them which is so interesting um that they were able to just like turn that on pretty much her wedding dress is so, so gorgeous. It's it's one of the best wedding dresses. And I know it's, I don't even know if it's period appropriate. I doubt it, but whatever. It's one of the most gorgeous wedding dresses I have seen in a scripted show. And along those lines, the pearls, when he gives her the pearls, I was like, oh my God. And they have sex with the pearls on. And he said, right, yeah, that. And he says, they belong to my mother and now they belong to my wife. And you're like, wow your wife your wife like I was there with him being like wife wow what a word what a word (laughs) yeah they um I can see why the internet like freaks the fuck out and wants them to be dating in real life you know what I mean like there are some shows with where I'm like okay like the chemistry whatever but for this show I'm like okay I get why people wish they were they're not dating in real life and they don't know she's married Oh, she actually got married. Yeah, but like I get why the the internet cares, I guess, because their chemistry yeah. is so, and I think we hadn't Undeniable. had, we hadn't yeah. had like that type of chemistry on a TV show in a while, like yeah. where it was be- that believable. And also like, yeah. I was like, how are they even doing some of this stuff? Like the enemies in intimacy coach, like it was like normal people level yeah, intimate where I was like, how are they doing this? No, truly. And especially to think it was 2015, like, I don't know what was going on, but mm-hmm. um, the last thing about the wedding episode is the blood of my blood, bone of my bone. That's yep. going in my wedding vows. Sorry. Like, I don't know what to say. And it comes back at the end of two um, where they say it before she goes back to the stones and you're like, holy mm-hmm. shit. Like this is somehow like the hottest vow ever I don't know I didn't know that was possible but um yeah that's all I've got to say about the wedding episode we can move on now that's awesome (laughs) so like I said or I don't know we cut that out um Claire when she curses blackjack and tells him like I know you were born on this day and I know you died on this day and then in season two so this is kind of jumping ahead to a secondary plot that I actually really really enjoyed in season two which was when Claire was taking care of Alex as he was dying and yeah. is and goes to the bar to get Jack to come back and be like you mm-hmm. your brother seems to think that you can do this I've seen you show kindness can't you c- control yourself or whatever and she's trying to convince it and then you realize that he's supposed to die in like three days and he's like mm-hmm. that's the date you told me and so you're like oh he believed her like he listened to her um, wow. and then the fact that Claire and Murtaugh were the witnesses for a Randall wedding is just like insane. So much ground was covered in the season and a half. Like that wasn't even the finale. Really? Okay, yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's a slow show, but then on the flip side, like so, so much happens. Much stuff will happen in a single episode. Like I watched episode six, assuming that it was relevant to watch the preamble to the wedding. No, mm-hmm. literally, they go from like Lottie Da Claire to married to Jamie in one, one, one fucking episode, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because it was an arrangement, but yeah, it was no other show would would do that, especially like such a timid buildup. Like they didn't even kiss. 
Like, yeah, Jamie right. was kind That's of the thing. flirty with her, but I think he was also kind of just flirty with everybody, which is why Lear, he thought that that was the love of her life. Oh my I was God, like, literally fuck Larry. I was like, I hate her, but I also get her kind of obsession yeah. with him. Like it makes sense. If Jamie grew up in my town, I would think I would. And like got whipped for, or got um, flogged for me. Yeah. For, like mm-hmm. he did a lot of things that would lead a young girl to believe he was. Impressionable. Imp- yeah. He never explicitly did anything, but like I could see how it would be misconstrued if you were like <laughs> just around that hot ass guy all the time. <laughs> You're like, he knows my name. <laughs> He must love me. He doesn't even need to know my name. And I'm like, woo. Um, So I, another B-pop that I really enjoyed was uh, McDougal's wife dying. I thought that was really smart. Um, It, of course, moved Galus into like a different position because we now knew that she and Dougal were together and also but also like got to see a different side of him because we didn't know that he was even married I don't think until this point also just like a note from this entire scene um how therapeutic would it be if you could just fucking break everything in your house whenever you got mad (laughs) like it does seem like I got it like him breaking shit in that house I was like yeah this seems nice (laughs) well I think what's like what the show does really well but you don't realize until it's like kind of passed you by is that like those details do come back in our plot points like the fact that Dougal and Galus's child seven generations from now is Roger yeah that was is like I didn't think that their affair was going to be that big of a deal until it was I didn't think that her being pregnant was going to be relevant at all except for rewatching it I was like they're so catholic they're not going to kill that baby like they, Ooh. the, the, when they were, when they were going to spurn Galus at the stake and then we leave and Claire tells Jamie. Right. She's her, getting carried off and, yeah, the, and the lawyer or the, the, the judge is like, stop, she's pregnant. Stop, she's, she's pregnant. pregnant. Stop, yeah. stop, stop, stop. Yeah. Yeah. So like we then are totally shifted gears because the following scene is Claire telling Jamie everything. Yeah. We just sort of leave Galus in the, in the dust. But then that. it made There's sense really no when he when Colin came and said like the baby lived like the Baron lived and I was like oh, yeah. okay like that's probably just reassuring to you that your friend baby wasn't murdered or you know what I mean like I was like okay sure. that's like a nice thing to know and then we meet Roger and I really didn't think uh, anything of it <laughs> and yeah, then she's no, like sorry. I found out that you're a McKenzie and I was like oh cool cool like yep again Hamish is whatever sure. whatever I was like but cute it's cute yeah I was like I right. thought it was gonna be Murtaugh's child yeah but, like he had a kid I don't really know what I thought, but then whenever she said it, I was like, holy shit, that's why Colm came back four episodes and said that. That's why we didn't actually see her burned. I was like, mm-hmm. so smart. So fucking smart. So smart. But I didn't They're realize it. a long game. I didn't realize it was smart for another 15 episodes. But <laughs> <laughs> I need to remember to like give the show credit as I go, you know? Yeah. Like if something doesn't seem important, it is. Mm-hmm. So another B-plot that I loved was when we met Jay- uh, Jenny, Jamie's family, and yes, kind of got to see I that dynamic. Jenny. Yeah. Um, I really like Jenny overall. And I also thought it was kind of nice to see him with family that liked him. Yeah, that was nice. So, okay, back to you. I love the Duke of Sandringham. I, we've mentioned him again already, but he's fucking amazing. He's pop up. He pops up when you least expect him to. And he's a totally ridiculous person, right? Like he makes me wish I was a better manipulator. Mm -hmm. He just, oh my God, just oozes the most absurd scenarios. You hate him, but you love him. Like 
he's just you know the worst and the best at the same time which is so amazing um and his death is one of the best on tv in my opinion like wow his death was was great it was satisfying to get a closed loop on the rape of mary which i really didn't think we were gonna get um like i just thought again me underestimating how smart this show is um but then Murtaugh killing him and like bringing the head and just the whole thing like the whole thing was so shocking but good and like it was like you liked the character enough that like I wasn't mad that Claire was trapped there like I didn't think he would hurt Claire but I also wasn't sad when he died I was like his storyline's kind of done like yeah it doesn't really matter if he's a Jacobite or not at this point the war's happening Mm -hmm. like he's not gonna fight yeah no. I completely agree. I loved his storyline and also never knowing how we were just as in the dark about what his motives were as everybody else yeah. was fun. Because like, mm-hmm. we didn't follow I him agree. alone anywhere. So right. like, no, for sure. We were just as, we were just trusting Jamie and Claire's judgment. <laughs> yeah. Um, I loved in season two when Claire fakes the smallpox to oh, get them yeah. to lose the wine shipment. That was clever. I liked the storyline. I also liked that, again, he knew what a smallpox was because of the smallpox vaccine. She couldn't get like, that was also nice, right? Coming back from the witch Mm -hmm. trial. That was like what she used as the example to tell him I could walk through a room full of people dying of smallpox and not get it. Cause I have this thing called a vaccine, which you don't know about. And then when the smallpox happen in France, when they get there, she, he, of course, they all know about it. Then he knows Mm -hmm. about it. And then using that to get them to like ship this, whatever. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. That was clever. I, Speaking of France, I loved Fergus. He's one of my favorite characters. Uh, and what a beautiful child actor they had. Um, porcelain skin, beautiful eyes. What a little baby angel. Um, but he was really, a really great character. And it's surprising that they would bring a child into the crew because there really are no other children in the show, right, at this point but they use him he's old enough in like a street kid right so like he like he can be treated a little bit more like an adult but really softened everybody I think Mm -hmm. and let them sort of like play pretend parenting sort of in a way that was nice especially since you know they did lose their actual child right when it gave Claire the like confidence to be able to tell Brie like your dad would have been a good dad like he would have been a great father because she got to Mm -hmm. see him with Fergus yeah. And like also see him with his nieces and nephews and yada, whatever. Um, but I did think that he, I loved Fergus. I loved their little relationship and their little family. And I loved that Claire got to find out in 1968 that he actually delivered the land deed to Jenny and like yeah. followed through on his promise to Jamie that he would get the land transferred over and it stayed in their family for years. Granted, she had to wait like <laughs> twenty. That was her choice. That, that was her choice. She could have gone and looked. Yeah. She but. could have figured it out sooner. Do you have any more? I have like, yeah, quite a few more. Okay. Go for it. Do you have any more? I have two more. So yeah. yeah I have two. Okay. So, um, oh, three. sorry. I skipped over one for chronologically. I loved when the King made Claire judge those two men's soul to see if they were like dark arts and then um, her friend okay, actually literally, killing the guy. That's like my, my next. I loved that. Uh-huh. My next point was I love the gayness of the French king. And then he talks about himself in third person. Like, he was fabulous. Uh-huh. I fucking loved him. And the scene that he set up for them that you're talking about was 
amazing. One so of the best great. things in the show. Yeah. Also that her necklace changed colors. Mm-hmm. And so I can't think of how to say his name. It's not Cognac, but it's like a liquor. Whatever. Um, he, Cognac? Cognac? He knew, no, it's not whatever he knew that he was about to the die. merchant knew the yeah, mer- yeah like yeah. he knew that her necklace turned and he knew that her friend i think his name was ronald her friend was actually <laughs> some sort of witch like an actual like an witch. actual yeah, yeah, witch yeah. Mm-hmm. and so i didn't think i was going to care about that episode because jamie was off like in a dueling claire just lost a baby and it just seemed like he wasn't in that episode at all yeah it just seemed like what are we doing like why is claire so. having to do this she just lost the baby her husband's gone and he's going to make her like see the white witch within or whatever um and then it ended up being like one of my favorite moments of season two it was amazing okay what's the next one on your Um, list I've got I enjoyed the daughter's storyline so Brianna Mm -hmm. I I enjoyed you know learning more about her the actress is so beautiful I you know her little college student in the 60s vibe is very fun it is a total mind fuck. Again, can't think too much about uh, time travel, but it was a total mind fuck when she goes back to Fort William and they have the fucking platform up there, reproduction or real or whatever the fuck. And I'm like, yeah, this is where we all watched your dad nearly flogged to death like one season ago. <laughs> like, right. But also but like 230 like- years ago. <laughs> Right, it was like 200 years, right, 220 years ago, but like also your dad, like your dad was Mm -hmm. here and almost died. Like a a full mind fact, but I I did really like her story and I loved her little relationship with the Mackenzie boy and- Oh yeah, um, I'm already shipping them. I'm like, they better, I hope they hook up in season three. Yeah, they're very, very sweet. But, um, and I I wasn't necessarily counting on enjoying watching their- you know 20th century child grow up without Jamie again I'm here for Jamie and no one else yeah I I was pleasantly surprised by her so I was looking on the internet for clips and whatever for this and I saw there was a a the title of the episode I didn't click on it because I knew it had stuff past where I am but the title was Brie the Brat Frasier and I kind of freaked out and I know I texted you at all caps last night because I was like maybe well I, I saw this today but like I thought that Brianna actually handled it very well that she I mean, found out. She does act like a brat sometimes, but right. like you understand. Who wouldn't so. act like a bat- brat because yeah. her father was not her father who's dead. So she can't do anything about that. Her biological father's like dead. 18. She can't do anything about that. Her yeah. mom's been lying to her her whole life. She can't really do anything about that. And now to connect with her mother, she has to believe that she time traveled, which like, yes, of course she saw Galus go through the the stone so she can physically believe that it happened but like the emotional trauma of that I was like maybe she's not a brat maybe she's just like processing information so I we'll mean, see if okay, I change yes, my mind on it and see except three. for I yeah I'm assuming three four or five because like not to j- I, okay well we'll circle back to this when we talk about foreshadowing for the rest but yeah we'll yeah. put a pen in Brianna for now okay so I am gonna go back and time a little bit in the series Claire pretending to be kidnapped by the Scots to get out of, to get them out of trouble with the English. She does it twice. Those (laughs) times it seemed very fucking risky. Like, obviously it worked out, but I was like, what if they, they did take you somewhere else. You had to tell, you happened to see someone and give them a note and like, you're, oh, that was another funny joke. Whenever she wrote her note to Jamie 
and he's reading it and it's in how do you pronounce it Gaelic Gaelic it's in Gaelic and Murtaugh's like her Gaelic's bad and James like yeah when we get her out like I'll teach her like I yeah he was like none of this is spelled right yeah (laughs) he was like she misspelled help (laughs) (laughs) that was funny but so when she was getting taken away I was like there's no cell phones there's no maps they're in the middle of the war Jamie's wanted Mm -hmm. I was like it just seems like a really big risk to assume that he'll be able to find you um, but I did think that that storyline was smart in a good way. Cause she like to use her being English. Yeah, I agree. The last thing I have is just the note that I can't watch her mourn him without crying. Mm-hmm. I don't know how she went back to Lollybrock in 18 or 16 or 1968. I don't know how she went back. Cause you, you know, when they go back to, the funeral for the the reverend and then you know she's adventuring on her own and goes back to the ruins of Ollybrook um Mm -hmm. I don't really understand how she did that without having a complete mental breakdown because me sitting on my couch re-watching it was having a mental breakdown so I don't I mean that was just like tv emotional manipulation they were like overlaying the sound of like her memory and the sister and her husband and the like everyone running around and I was just like oh my god well it has to be kind of a mindfuck too because for her it's only 20 years but for the space that she's in it's been hundreds of years so like to her of course like it would be like going into your childhood bedroom but it not exists like I can't even imagine how like jarring your it must be burned down since the time you left or how whatever. jarring it must be to be in a space that like you were just in 20 years ago but is now right. is a so relic ruined. Yeah. yes right exactly yeah it seems that it i just can't really imagine horrible mm-hmm. um okay so i'm gonna just knock out some of these that i don't have that anymore let's roll through claire helping column end his life i enjoyed i thought it was a nice pin in their relationship um i agree just enjoyed it also kind of enjoyed that he was gone um and like wasn't gonna pop back up claire and jamie killing dougal together was shocking to me um it it wasn't good or i guess it was good i guess i enjoyed it but like it really set off a chain of events that um i wasn't expecting i was actually more surprised in re-watching it like i i knew that they did it but it wasn't until like the second time I watched it, I was like, this is really insane. And mm-hmm. also like very sad. Like Jamie is- Doesn't want to do this. Uncle, right? Yeah. Uh, his uncle who he like loves and respects. And has like grown to work with. Yeah, it was really- Cause he was in a lot really of the second season. That... Like Dougal was in a lot of it. Yeah, I know for sure. Um... So- yeah, that was really bizarre. Um, the last, well, I have two more. The next one was just Je- Jamie telling Murtaugh about Claire and his response being kind of like, I don't necessarily believe it, but I believe that y'all believe it, so I'm good. Which is kind of what you mm-hmm. really need in a friend. Like, Truly. you don't necessarily have to believe exactly what I believe, but just like respect me enough to believe it. Yeah, he believe was an I amazing character. I love him. And then the last one was the them telling the story the beginning of the war the jacobites through back from 1968 i actually 
whenever it started in 1968, I texted you like, what the fuck? This is so jarring. Like, who is this child? Where are we, this funeral? What's going on? But I actually really, really, really enjoyed that finale and enjoyed the split screen. Because like Mm -hmm. you said, we, I didn't think that she would still be in 1968 if he, it was just such a bold choice for her to go back through the rocks before the war. Like, kind of assuming that he's going to die. And so um, I enjoyed that we got to figure out what happened and like the same way like Claire did in 1968, but like not really. Yeah. And I liked the child. I thought that was all good. So do you want to jump into some of the worst? Mm, yes. I don't have as many, which is good because I had a lot of, of things I liked I about the show. Have, oh man. I have, I have a few, but not as many. It looks like I have about 10. And then I have a few just we have to talk about, but I don't really know where they fit. <laughs> yeah, I've got five under complaint corner. So. <laughs> um, so number one, how sadistic Captain Jack is. So mm-hmm. when he appears in the garden at Versailles in season two, I screamed out loud. But even before that, you know... I- I've said it before on the pod. This is not a humble brag. We've already mentioned it on this podcast. In fact, that I am advanced. My detachment skills are advanced. So I'm, I can stomach everything on TV, right? Like I, I'm incredibly detached. It's fine. I'm a robot. I've accepted it. However, I have never actually actively had to fast forward through a scene that I knew was going to be rough Mm -hmm. until I watched this show I, I don't know if it's, I think it started in the episode before the finale. So I guess I'd be 15. Yeah. Cause he kidnaps Claire and he, well, he gets, he has Jamie and then Claire shows up to try to save him. And then through that right. blackjack gets Claire and yeah. Jamie says he'll submit to him only to save Claire. Right. And it's so fucking awesome. heartbreaking. Yeah. So very well acted. Uh, incredibly well acted and apparently they had like extra rehearsal time for Tobias and Sam to like figure this all out Mm -hmm. and I read this that the set was an actual like they built it as a cell with no windows or anything and like actually none of the actors wanted to go in there because it was so creepy and cold and dark Mm -hmm. so it was like pretty realistic they shot it's like a two camera right and so they shoot it and they shoot and they shoot and they shoot for like three days I think to get this to get this episode you're talking about the rape scene like the abuse that that Jack yeah just like the whole that, the whole Jack and all uh, of the Jamie. Jack and Jamie things takes three days to shoot for okay. the finale he says that they decide the director at the end of that third day he thinks that they're done shooting and the director comes over to him and says, hey, we need to shoot this whole scene again, but from a wide angle. And, and he was like, excuse me? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, but we'll, we'll only shoot, because I think that they shot it like as, as, I know we saw it in pieces, but I think it was shot as like one continuous night, right? I, right. I, I'm assuming, that's what I'm assuming how it was written in. But of course, there was all this, hate to say this, but like foreplay bullshit with Jack before, right? Like there was a lot of talking going on Mm -hmm. um, and a little bit of hand smashing, but like a lot of talking before. Yeah, I can't like, 
oh, like okay. I can gag right now thinking about the sound, whatever. We're moving on. We're moving on. We're moving on. But anyway, so the director says to Sam, he says, we're only going to like shoot this. Like we're only shoot it like until the like actual rape starts to happen. Right. Like we we're just trying to, we just need the, the run up and we need it in the wide film, like the wide sheen. Sorry. Like, but like, that's what we're going to do. So he's like, okay, like, you know, a, a guy, a man's got to do what a man's going to do, like, whatever, like, this is his job. So he's like, yeah, we'll do it one more time. And they're filming the scene and they're doing it again. And they get to where the part where it switches and he starts to actually rape him. And like, they just never called cut. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so, like, they just kept- he had to go ahead and fucking finish this like they both just had to go ahead and finish this scene and I'm like, sure they're so in it right like they're like just say yeah, like, yeah, they're yeah, so in sure. the scene and so they probably didn't even realize I mean Sam probably did but I bet I mean no no Tobias no was everyone still, realized oh then but, why the fuck didn't nobody still no, no 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 everyone realized but in I think the, the mess and I can't remember if Sam actually said this verbatim but like he said some equivalent of like the either it was either him or the director basically said like it was emotional manipulation pretty much mm-hmm. to like get him to like be a little bit more desperate and yeah. like in to be like, extra I level of disbelief. Done. Yes. Like yeah. I want this to be done. I can't believe this is happening to me. Like, Ugh. do we really have to do this again? Like, holy shit. Like how, like, I can't believe this is happening to me basically. Mm-hmm. Um, which like, you know, is really cruel, like very cruel from a direction standpoint. But um, yeah, when I read that, I was like, what? what what I watched season one with my sister and we watched that finale and she was like I'm not watching it again like I'm never watching the show like it she was like that was too much it was too graphic it was too horrific like that scene and I I remember when it came out I read a lot because I watched season one before season two came out and I read a lot of people who read the books and were obsessed with the books were like completely flabbergasted and shocked that they did it Cause they like just assumed they would like not do that. They would do something less graphic or less Yeah. because the, the act itself is obviously so horrific, but it's like the dialogue leading up to it and the, everything about it just feels so gross and bad and horrible. And like, it's Frank, but right. not. And like, yeah. Well, and then she like, like wakes up in 1945. Like, he, like, he ruined him ruined him like it was so much like emotional so much emotional manipulation like actual torture like sexual mm-hmm. torture like which is totally insane and right of course remembering that it's also frank like it's just so next level and actually it's really funny that you say your sister, sister stopped watching it because that was another thing in a some and maybe the same interview where the interviewer was like well how do you like where do you draw the line like mm-hmm on this stuff and you know he was like well I don't want our audience to be turned off and not come back you know I always think that we're trying to keep it we want to shock the audience and like you know be true to the story and it's so rare in media where male rape is shown especially from the lead like nobody's nobody makes their lead go through that right Uh, or lead male (laughs) yeah women it's like every yeah um but they like did it fucking he, I mean, he specifically fire. said he was like yeah we don't want to like make people turn away from the show forever but I was like it kind okay of, but like it took me like seven did. years to watch season two 
I, I mean, I still couldn't watch it through. Even it in rewatch, wanna, I just like straight fast forward through all of it. It makes me want to throw up. And I will say, so when Claire goes to the bar to talk to Jack to get him to marry Mary in season two, I he kind of tricked me again where I was like, shit, is he... I mean, I know he's terrible and horrible and I wasn't, but like my guard was down a little bit with him. And I was like, okay, maybe he could be a good husband to marry for a year or for three days, whatever she needs. And then he said like, did he tell you what I did to him? Did he? And I was like, oh my God, he's proud of it. And he says like, I Mm. wish I was ashamed. Or he says something along the lines of like, I know I should regret it, but I don't. And like, if anything, Mm -hmm. I like think of it fondly. And I was like, Mm hmm what the fuck yeah like no he it, enjoyed the whole and time. the fact that like you know he wanted to have told claire like you know he wanted her to say yeah. like no what are you talking about and then him be able to say like this is what i did yes. to your husband like it actually kind of makes me want to throw up now uh, i can't i can't i can't oh my god okay well i i mean captain jack he just truly is the worst person on earth um so i'm gonna ask you my question evil that I have a lot of people oh my god we didn't talk about the fact that he raped Fergus yes I had that noted but we kind of um I was going to talk about it in my worst because I was going to say I know but it's your turn we're here here. yeah no no no. we can we we can bleed into yours because so holy shit I obviously didn't enjoy the stillbirth but I didn't hate it from a story it was sad it was so heartbreaking and sad but I didn't hate it from a story perspective like I only hated it because I want to see more. I want to see Jamie being happy and I knew he would be happy for the child. That's it. I hated it because it's like something that still happens today and is like hurts. It's just a hurtful situation. Like I didn't like that storyline, but it wasn't like, I thought it didn't need to be the show. But the fact that we find out that the, that Claire was so mad at Jamie, so mad at him for not being there because of the duel only to find out that the reason that he did the duel was because he tried to rape the kid or rape Fergus. I did successfully. Yes, I want. I was so sick by that. Like that was next level. Mm -hmm. Like he is. You're not what I ordered, but you will do. I don't even know how how I like. I think I have so much respect, I guess, for Tobias Menzi as an actor that he's able to play this character because it is a it is a great villain, right? Like he is horrible and I don't want any good things to happen to him. But like every time he shows up, I like have a visceral reaction, but I know the story's going to be good. Like I know whatever is going to happen is going to be interesting to watch. Right. Like he's not like a Hiram Hiram Lodge level villain where like, it doesn't make sense. Like he's picking on people his age or had been, Mm -hmm. he had some sort of Fatuation with Jamie and like fixation mm-hmm. on him, almost like a compulsion. Like it kind of felt like like the Vampire Diaries when they like keep. Do, I'm like, why do you keep picking on the same person? Um, but when he messed with Fergus, I was like, what the fuck does that kid do? Like, you have ruined another generation. That in like, so this is kind of bleeds into my next question, right? So Claire does all of this stuff to prevent him from dying before he can have a child to then eventually have Frank born yet we know because Bree screams you never loved my dad you didn't even like him that Claire was obviously like we the audience weren't ever able to forget that Frank was not Jack right like she could not see him I mean and maybe in season three she's able to we'll see more of her in Boston and she's able to love him again but it's just like I don't the way Bree talked about it it's not like she had a happy marriage 
No, and she didn't. to be fair, when I watched not the pilot, to spoil this for everyone, but no, no, no. I have watched season three, and it's 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 what you it's would what expect. you would expect. I'm gonna right. be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This man who looks exactly like your husband raped your husband that you is the love of your life that you screamed at your daughter Jamie was the love of your life. So I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I would have gone through all of these hoops to make sure my husband, who when the show started, she was having problems with. They hadn't spent more than yeah. 10 days together in five years. They couldn't really hold a conversation. They were having sex, which was great. But like, there was definitely a disconnect in their marriage. Yeah. And so it's just wild to me that she would, unless she believed in her actions, the consequences and of all that stuff, that she wouldn't have just said like, fucking kill him. Like, I'm done. Murder him. Right. And then she would still because she's not gonna be able to What would her it really again. have been to her if he was dead? She doesn't ever plan on going fucking back. Right. Well, and also it's like so okay. So what made me one of the things that made me like just sad to think about was when Claire, when Claire asked Jamie for another year to ensure that Jack gets Mary pregnant. And he's like, yeah, of course, but I'm only doing this because if something happens to me here, I want you to have someone to go back to. And it's like, how are y'all able to separate that these people are not the same? Right. Because I'm not the audience. I don't want to see Claire kiss Frank. And I liked Frank when the no. show started. He was and fine. I, when he comes on screen, I like want to throw up and I know it's Frank. And I know he's like a fucking history professor and probably a very lovely guy and a great dad and yada, yada, whatever. Anyway, that's my rant. I've been like falling asleep fighting Claire in my head about this for days being like, why (laughs) would you ensure a man you don't even love that much? I would rather go back to 1947 pregnant and say that my husband died in war. Oh, for sure. Because a lot of women's husband died in war or that he left or something. I would rather be a widow because it's just like, yeah, no, it's so frustrating. I just don't get it. Right. It's like, well, because the whole thing is predicated on the fact that you think you're going to have to go back and be married to this guy again. But it's like, how can you imagine that when based on your own fucking word, this love is so much more Mm -hmm. in every way than what you left behind. So three years with him was more than 25 with, with Frank. Like why? Right. It's like your value of these two things should in no fucking way be equal. You shouldn't even be thinking about what happens when you go back to 1944 because you don't fucking want to go back to 1944. Like you want to stay here with your husband in 1744. I wrote that Claire asked me to trade. I'm so mad. I mean, it is insane. Claire asked me to trade her future husband's life for her current husband and current, Mm -hmm. my current husband, I mean, Jamie. Mm -hmm. So Claire asking to trade her future husband Frank's life for her current husband Jamie's sanity seems obscenely unfair. Mm-hmm. He's just like generally not sensitive enough to to Jamie's trauma. I think pretty much for the entirety of season two, and you know the internet is like, oh, good for the show for portraying trauma in like a somewhat realistic way. Like you don't just get over it. Like yeah, no, I'm still not over his fucking drama. <laughs> yeah. So like, sure, but like she was so callous about it. I completely agree. 
I also think this is exactly how I felt when I watched the West Wing, where it was like there was so much momentum at the end of season one, and then season two started, and I was like, whatever, with or season two and three for the West Wing. But in this show, I watched season two and I was like, we're in France, and I don't know any of these players or any of these characters, and I'm Jamie's sad, and I don't want to see him sad. And Claire's like, not he can't talk about it, which is fine. And I don't expect him to talk about it. Like that's so hard, but also she's pregnant and they're in this new country and they're trying to stop a war. It was like, they had so much going on and they made him so like broke it. And then he was fine. Cause like I watched up until the episode, like when Claire and Mary get raped kind of after that, he's like mad at blackjack, but he's not like trauma anymore like he can go back to okay, scotland no but it was because claire told him that that black he was still alive, alive. Yeah, yeah 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 like even my, like new hope or whatever my last little bit on this whole my screaming rant you're gonna have to like turn my mic down when you edit this but about jack and frank is the casting on this show for specifically the randall family is truly next level that i had to google to make sure alex randall was not actually related the actor who played Alex was not actually related to Tobias. So what I don't understand is why they couldn't have just made Alex play Frank in <laughs> present day. And then he would look close enough to Frank that she might be able to believe it. And then we could just, I think it's because it was played by the same actor. Like, I don't care that he had yeah. long hair. It's the scars on his, his it's, like cheeks, fucking, yeah. dimples, scars. And I know obviously the show would never do that because the point is that we've been talking about it for like 10 minutes and the emo- emotional manipulation and really putting well, a spotlight because like it's based but on Alex a book and there's like no way in the book it's the same actor was, yeah right yeah no and I, I mean granted like I don't know if I would give it all up for just like the shock value I just think Claire repeatedly reminding Jamie that Frank exists isn't helpful no but then I guess Jamie has no clue that they're identical twins I mean, you know, like he no, doesn't know what she looks like. Does like. that even really impact anything? No, I think if my, I just think I would be like, why are we trying so hard to save someone seven generations from now? Who you I'm never here. plan on going back to. Yeah. And also who, you know, looks like someone that raped me and raped a child that we consider our son. Right. Also, there's a really, Jamie had the really completely valid argument of like, do we really think that this man should father children? Because he's obviously literally the spawn of the devil. I think that's why, and obviously this is why, but I, I was relieved. I think I texted you in all caps. Thank God Alex is the father. Cause like Alex is a yeah. sweet kid and like, right, right, right whatever, but whatever. But I, no, they didn't we know didn't that. know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't know when, that. They didn't know that. So when she found out, I could see that she had like a sign of relief, right? Like Claire, the Claire's reaction to finding out that Mary was pregnant with Alex's child was kind of like a big exhale. Mm-hmm. But I still don't know if I could with good conscience put a woman who's like 19 at the oldest, who's already been raped, who's already been ab- abused by whatever the Duke mind games did. And then be like, yeah, go share a man, even for three days with someone who kicked me in the stomach, raped my husband, flogged my husband a hundred times like I don't know how right I don't know how Frank's that fucking important it it makes no sense like maybe she's thinking like they needed his British spy intelligence for the war maybe he did but I I agree and it (laughs) someone else could have done that (laughs) I can't like I'm sure some people get hung up on this show with the time travel and I guess I am to a part but this is where my brain like stays on like 
a hamster wheel. Like I had the hardest time getting off why Claire would want to go back to someone who looked like Blackjack. Yeah. Or is no, related makes, to him. It makes literally zero fucking like it, it the logistics of you thinking the only because the only reason you would need to save your like former future whatever ex-husband is you thinking you're gonna need to go back to him and in in her current state she wouldn't have thought like theoretically like what you really think you one foot out the door on this marriage already right no this one by your own admission is better so right well and it's like yeah I just I mean I could talk talk about that I mean specifically for hours because it's like for hours when she's at the stones and she's like come with me it's like then why the fuck did we do all this stuff to ensure your current husband stays if me going back with you is a choice I mean, it wasn't. He right. didn't hear the but. Like he couldn't have You're gone like, through the stones and all this. where it's we like, are. God, he's innocent. So are all the Highlanders who are about to die in Culloden. Like it, none of it. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Very frustrating. Okay, so but, go back okay. to your worst. Let's we can move, move on. on. Yeah, we can. We can okay. If you want to talk to us in the DMs, we will continue yeah, to talk about how he's the worst. But we're gonna move um, on. So I generally find it annoying how seriously Claire takes herself, and why everyone isn't confused that she can read. And like the general level of respect she gets for no fucking reason. I mean, I agree it, with the level of respect. It's shocking. It, it's shocking. And like, yeah, sure. Jamie is like a big, like an important character to these other people, but like, it does not explain, like, like she would still get like passive disrespect from other people. Um, and a lot of passive aggressive shit. I think if we're I being realistic. I don't think Murtaugh would have listened to her at all. Nobody would have listened to her unless Jamie was there. And he is not there, as you pointed out, a lot. Um, I, On that same note, I cannot handle how often she ignores Jamie's very specific instructions. And those specific instructions are 100% designed to keep her alive. And yet she still just fucking ignores them as if they weren't even a suggestion, but just like an in one ear out the other. I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want. Bitch, this is not in any way anything you know about. Mm -hmm. Why can't you just listen to your, like, listen to this person. I don't care that he's your husband. I'm not, I'm not being patriarchal here. I'm saying this person who you trust, you trust him already. Mm -hmm. You trust him. He is from this time. Right, like he's if he tells you don't scenarios. leave the house, don't fucking leave the house, you're gonna get kidnapped. And he's a one in man. Don't leave. <laughs> right. How hard is it to just fucking listen to him? He just that's the thing. He doesn't want to control her. He just wants to keep her alive. Mm-hmm. And on that note, the excessive amounts of rescue. So seasons one and two, it just feels like everything honestly, and continued into three. This entire plot of the show, A plot is their love, B plot is them rescuing the other one from whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I understand it like creates drama, whatever. But to me, I found it a little bit exhausting that someone always needed to be rescued. Always, you know, it seemed mm-hmm. like there's no downtime. Well, and that it was always a main character. Like it was always Claire yep. or Jamie. It was always Claire or Jamie. That's it. The only two people, and they were always in some sort of high stakes and they were always with the British, where I was like, God, I could just kill you. I mean, for a while, I guess they were with the French, but we don't really see Jamie in the French prison at all. Um, but um, Jamie trusts Claire unquestionably, and Claire never trusts Jamie. That is just like a throwaway comment that I noted. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, along with the 
constant need for rescue in this show. I I found draining. I also found the bounty in England on Jamie's head to be exhausting. Um, it sort of was like this monkey we couldn't get off our back the right. whole show, right? It's like no matter what he did, even he goes to France, the king says, okay, I'll let him out of prison and I'll write a note to, or I'll work with England England, and we'll get this bounty off of his head. Okay, so he's a bounty off of, his, off of his head for about 30 fucking seconds. Mm-hmm. And then straight away, he joins the Jacobite army and boom, bounty is back. Yeah. So it's like, there was no, him constantly running from the law was a, sort of like a background exhaustion for me. Um, and to me just made it feel like there was no hope for happiness for anybody, which is not a very, I mean, you don't really want your two romantic leads to be in a doomed scenario. And it, the, the, the setup always seemed doomed to me as long as he had this stupid fucking shit over his head. Well, and one of my favorite episodes is when they, the first episode, they leave France and they stay at his sister's in Scotland and they just yeah. kind of like live like people. Mm-hmm. I know that's not the point of the show, but it was kind of nice to just get like a full breather where they yeah, weren't like riding on horseback or like fighting or staying in a town that wasn't their home or a lang- like a land that wasn't theirs. Like it was really nice for them just to like kind of have a moment of solace in, I you know. Agree. 17 24 episodes of insanity yeah i totally agree i only have two more my second second to last worst b plot is jamie's beard (laughs) so we don't see this very often when he gets out of prison when he gets out of prison and actually we do unfortunately see it in season three spoiler but when he gets out of prison uh in season two jamie has a beard and I've never, my eyes have never been so offended. You know, that's I've the never only been betrayed way- by a beard in any way. No, no, no. Until beards, this moment. Beards are the only way TV shows know how to show male character distraught. How else are we supposed to know a man is sad unless he grows a depressed beard? There is a TV show. I want to say it might've been like Pretty Little Liars or something where like every time a character was sad, the male character would like grow a beard. If he got dumped, beard. I can't, I don't know exactly what the show is, but um, it, yeah, it's like a, a trope in a show I watched that we- I don't know. Anyway, maybe you and I talk about it probably, but yeah, he has a beard. So he's got to be sad. I'm assuming that season three sad sad beard is because Claire's gone. Yeah. He's sad because Claire's gone. And he grows a beard because he missed his, the birth of his child. That was so sad. It's very sad, but I was like, this beard is making it really hard to focus on the sadness in the scene. It's obviously such a fake beard, but it's like a fake red beard. So it's like not, it's also just like a bad beard. It's a bad beard, like really gross. The last thing I have, save the best for last. Um, you go and Leary. save the best for so, last. I literally Phoebe. was highlighting it to bold it because I knew you were going to talk about Leary before you did. And I have any storyline dealing with Leary, but I'm going to let you take that I mean, one because you I hate her more f- than I do. I have a few highlights. You know, it's it's debatable and I hate to say it. I really do. Um, I mean- I'm nervous. It is debatable who I hate more, Captain Jack or Leary. You know, Captain <laughs> Jack obviously that. does <laughs> deeply more damage to to our lovely um morally and heroine. ethically, he is a bigger villain. To morally you personally. <laughs> To Jamie, obviously, he's the worst villain. <laughs> to me, um, 
I hate Leary so much. I mean, that bitch, she literally, <laughs> it's like, sure, I can empathize with her about 15%. Like this really yeah. hot guy rides into your town when he's like 16. You fall in love with him. Okay. He, he takes a beating for you. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but like pretty much everything after that is increasingly psychopathic. And yeah, I know we're only covering one and two. I mean, she does enough damage in two, honestly, with the witch trials and shit. That's, um, yeah, that's season one with the witch trials. Season two, she pops back up one. and she's kind of helpful. She flirts oh, they with- they do a fake truce. They flirt and she gets some information from Alex about where Randall's staying or something. Or with, maybe not Alex, with another person. And then tells right. Claire. But and like, then Jamie goes and says, like, I don't know why I'm supposed to be doing this, but apparently I'm supposed yes. to tell you thank you. Yeah, that was Claire in basically, like, emotionally manipulates Leary yeah. because Leary's, like, found God or whatever. Yeah, it's God. kind of that like Georgina. doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. When Georgina yeah, yeah, finds God. Georgina. Yes, it was very reminiscent of Georgina. Um, everything comes back to Gossip Girl. Yeah, everything. But uh, all roads lead back to Gossip Girl. But, yeah, she has her little moment in two where she's helpful she goes back to being super fucking evil in three. Hate to break it. I didn't know she was here. in three. Oh, <gasps> unfortunately, she is very much in three. I didn't know but she would I be have enough three. hate for her in two and one to, you know, substantiate me. But she's just so fucking evil and delusional and is really targeted, Jamie and Claire and it's just very annoying i'm like just let claire and jamie are solid let's just let them be and she's delusional and crazy leary was the boil water notice when we didn't have power like so cool (laughs) can't wait to boil the water on a stove that doesn't work thanks leary i just felt like by the time she came in it was everything was already so messed up that she just made it so much worse and like it was already bad so i only have three one of them is truly just a side note that i was pissed about um angus dying at the battle of preston pot pans i was very sad about that yeah i knew it was happening because i watch i mean i think anybody probably predicted it um but if you watch enough drama you know that the person who didn't get directly injured dies a la fault in our stars or all that stuff it's always Always. the person you're not Mm -hmm. looking at so i knew it was coming i just then didn't expect rupert to me to care that rupert was so sad and then rupert to be the one that found claire and jamie with like the knife and dougal and then being like i'm gonna have to kill you now basically like I'm gonna have to sell you down and like knowing that he'd already kind of lost his best friend I don't know that whole thing was like yeah very sad um I did not like when they were in France so that was just like a low point in the show for me you hated that I love France I hated the it costumes were amazing I said um the season the 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 fashion was great I hated the story. Nice I hated scenery I liked Scotland I was excited when they went back and I was confused I couldn't figure out who was who and like the prince kept or the king kept looking different and I historically I'm not that's not like a strong spot for me so I and I kept being like is that yeah so just not my favorite and then the last thing that I really hated and comes up too frequently for my taste is just anytime Frank is in 1945 looking for Claire I hate when he's like scouring the newspaper with Reverend I hate I understand that he's like missing his wife but like I don't need to see that like when they no, would show an episode or like when Claire woke up in 1945, which now we know was after season two when she was pregnant with Brianna and not Faith, which we obviously didn't know at the beginning of season two. Yeah. 
Um, but like, I hated that episode when she was back in 1945. I'm a little hopeful that I won't hate three only because I do like Brianna, Brianna. And I like knowing that she's going to go back. Like, I feel like I have enough, um, knowledge from season two to like push me through the slow parts of three that I didn't have at the beginning of two. Yeah. Um, cause like, I just didn't know how the story was being told and I was watching it in real time. So I was like, is this last season? Like, is this, I just didn't yeah. know. Um, so I think knowing that they like eventually find each other again, which is like not a spoiler, they're, they're season five now. Um, yeah, I mean, nobody would continue to watch the no. show if they were on separate timelines. Yeah. So like knowing that they meet each other again, um, is giving me hope, but like, I just truly hated Frank in 1945. Anytime yeah. it was in 1945, I was like, we could do less of this. Um, I agree. So my first and only thing for Confusion Corner is who do you, and if you know, just say, I don't want to talk about this. We can edit this out. But who do you think was standing outside of the apartment that they were staying at in the pilot that looked like that Frank suspected was a lover that she had at the war, but that was watching Claire brush his hair, her hair. And then he like moved past it. And Frank was like, it felt like a ghost. So I think that that was Jamie as a ghost okay like i think that was dead jamie because it's 200 years in the future and yeah. obviously he's died that was the saddest part about all that stuff is even knowing that like him claire finding out that he didn't die at claude and he still would have died of like old age by like you know, 150 right. years by now <laughs> like, right yeah that's the thing like that was heartbreaking um, to me and but you think I, it's a ghost? I mean, even, even when I rewatched it, because I was trying to pay extra attention, he did have, like, mm-hmm. little curly hair under his hat. Like, I really think it was Jamie and, like, the height and the build and everything. Um, okay. However, oh, well, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the future in a second. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, complete corner. Number one, Claire never addressing 1744, like, feminine hygiene or just, like, general hygiene issues. <laughs> You and I did text about the fact that Claire, that Jamie was the one who told her she was pregnant because he noticed that she hadn't had her period, which yeah. means that she bled in the bed. Cause he well, said, right. you have just like what everyone did. Right. Right. Which is so, so disgusting. We were texting about that at the same time I was watching their farewell at the rocks. And I was like the juxtaposition between us being so disgusted <laughs> <laughs> by this period talk. And also me like swooning over them was so harsh. <laughs> 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 yeah like I'm pretty sure I said that the next time I wake up in a puddle of blood I better be fucking dead yeah, yeah. you're like I better have been murdered <laughs> I would rather truly like I can't imagine that's so gross also they they both I don't know I was like whatever I, mean, I it is what it is but yeah but it is odd that she just sort of like wholesale accepts 1744 as if it and yeah 1944 is different I mean I don't know it's not you know I'm like, where did she get all these clothes? <laughs> 2004. Okay, that is literally my next thing. Oh. They never address her clothes or money situation. So mm-hmm. they sort of never address the fact that she always has like the nicest outfit on in the room, which is even on its face, sort of like a weird thing, right? Like, right, right. Not even blending in. She has literally the nicest thing that on. That red dress in France was their promo Ooh. for season two and was my phone background for like seven months. Like them it's walking gorgeous. up the stairs and it's saying, yes. I don't know, it said something in French. Sure. My, I don't know, it's it my phone. Gorgeous. Yeah. Um, yeah, her clothes in France are really, ne- like, really next level. They never really address the fact that 
everyone in this show is rich. Like all of the main characters are rich. And it took me a long time to realize, like literally until they went to France where I was like, oh, right. You're a Scottish Highlander and you have occasionally slept in a barn with a horse. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm aware that you're supposed to be the laird of this small town, land, area, whatever. But it didn't, it, it honestly didn't click to me that his level is like the, they're at one percent like that is everyone in this fucking show is the one percenters of Europe until they went to France and they're like oh yeah these are my cousins and it seemed like nobody was like they never act surprised by the wealth yeah right they're I, just I sort of like agree. this is all par for the course well and the fact that Jamie fucking spoke French so like he clearly had a super advanced education that would have been incredibly expensive. So yeah, that, well, they didn't make it. They're all richer than Claire ever was in 1944. Yeah, that didn't, it didn't make sense. It didn't track. The money no, stuff never tracked. It, the money stuff never tracked. And also it did just sort of piss me off. It's like, okay, Jamie is already hot. He doesn't need anything more than that, but okay. We're going to go with he's hot and smart. Okay, that's enough. So hot, smart, loves clear. Okay, this is plenty. Like, cup runneth over. No, no, mm-hmm. no. We have to go overseas. He has to be able to speak fluent French. Also understands suddenly merchant trading. This man has never been a merchant in his fucking life. And all of a sudden, he understands the ins and outs of the wine trade and also understands political drama with a society that he's literally never, this French society that he's never been a part of. I mean, it was, it was, and also like the fact that he suggested that they like host this dinner. I'm like, okay. Realistically, what we met in season one, that Jamie like wouldn't even know which fork to use. And now this Jamie's like throwing dinner parties for the, like for the King of England. Right. Like Like literally the King of England, not like, like or maybe he was the prince, but. Right. And it's like, I understand that this is all fantasy and we're in fantasy world and like, okay, okay, okay. It's a romance. But I'm like, do you have to put him on the highest fucking pedestal on earth? Like it is not, it's just not necessary. Like we didn't need him to be the perfect, most perfect, 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 perfect man ever. Mm-hmm. We didn't need it. It just, I don't know. It's like, I just, I find that really frustrating anytime that they set up a male lead to be too perfect I mean, sure, it's TV. None of it's realistic, but like, what faults does he really have? He is too loyal. <laughs> it's like a job interview. I mean, what? He's, I can't think of another one. Like, I mean, he's impulsive. He defends people's for honor sure. too well. Like, I fuck. I mean, just like really. I mean, he has me murdered his uncle. No, but he does it in honor. We are we're okay with it. To, he murdered um, his uncle to murder another person to then go that, murder Prince. Char- that was Prince Charles. Arguably, that was like a self-defense situation, but um, meh. Meh. Um, Semantic. So, (laughs) semantic, right. No, they Um, definitely made Jamie like, you know, we talk about on the podcast sometimes like a female character who's written from the male gaze and is like not a real person. Like I listened to an interview with Dan Harmon where he talks about like the pilot of community and being like Britta, a character on that, like is what I thought a female should be, like not what an actual woman, how she talks or what she does. It's like how I would want them to talk. I feel like Jamie in some instances has been like 
because he is so like an action man and like fights and is valiant and does all the stuff with honor that like his dialogue becomes it's like not real like it's not how any man would speak because he's not equal parts villain and heartthrob like it's not no I mean it's great tv there's no balance it's perfect but like there does become an instance where you're like we have fuck why would claire go back to running water when she has this literal prince right yeah it's too perfect it's but i don't want them to necessarily like overcorrect because i hate when they make the male character they give them like a sudden swing to like make them even out because like sometimes then they overcorrect over villainize and then it's like really hard to move back so it's like i don't want the pendulum to swing too far but i do think he needs to be like a little more grounded. They could have just made him a little more grounded to begin with. I, I was trying to think of why Bridgerton was so fucking cheesy and dorky to me and mm-hmm. Outlander, which is arguably more cheesy, yes. felt more mm-hmm. based in reality. And I think it's the casting. I think the way that Sam delivers lines, it could be the Scottish accent. And also like, I'm just not that familiar with Scottish actors to, to be completely mm-hmm. honest. And so I think that sometimes the way he delivers dialogue, then becomes more swoon worthy where if an American actor, even a British actor were to say that you would like roll your eyes. Like he can say things with such sincerity that you're like, if I were to say that sounds stupid, but when he says it, it's like the most romantic thing. So I think that that's why this show is getting the more critical acclaim. I think one, because it's like beautifully shot and sound edited and all that stuff. But I also Mm -hmm. think that Sam and Katrina are just so like dedicated to their character. I agree. I think her name is Katrina. I don't, it's. It's something like Katrina, but there's it's more not, letters. It's, yeah. So um, the last thing I have is that I just generally don't really understand the light homosexual, like homoerotic mm-hmm. sprinkles in the show. Like everyone is in love with Jamie in like a not passive way, right? Like I'm not gonna say an aggressive way, but like everyone loves Jamie. You know, I kind of felt that way with the Duke, obviously with Randall. Yeah. And the prince even, I was like, are all princes in the 1700s gay? Right, or the is king? It, I was like, the is prince, it? the king, it's, it's, the whole thing is just like, why is everyone sexually attracted to Jamie? Kind of no matter what. It was, it was just like, like, I little, am too. Like, but... Just like a little sprinkle over everything, which I was always just never really sure how we as the audience were supposed to interpret that or take it or whatever. Okay, let's see what this last one is. Almost you in the glade and went to meet Horrocks and you ran away. Oh, I know what this is. Let's get back. Back to the stones. And back Okay. So. So funny. That was a great scene. Sorry. Okay. So this is the point. This can be included. This is actual recording can go into complete corner because this falls under the category of this show was written by women. <laughs> Which is not a complaint. We're very happy that it's written by women. We're so but... glad it was written by women. But However, some of Jamie's stuff is some of Jamie's stuff is too 
doubles or triples down into what women want men to say Mm -hmm. um especially um 1700s men like not only does he immediately process the information Mm -hmm. he then sees where he was at fault in this scenario which is something women do men don't do this women do it women think where did I fuck up in this scenario for better or for worse like I think women are smarter because we do this right Right. like we're very self-reflective but men just don't fucking do this and so for him to immediately be like absorbing this information being like this believe that you're from 1945 and now I know that the reason you that you ran away from me was to get back to your husband in 1944 or whatever and I believe that and not only do I believe that but I now apologize because I can remember that I beat you that night and it was wrong that I beat you to begin with. What I thought was interesting about that scene, because he says, I'm sorry. He actually ends it with an actual, I'm sorry. So I loved that scene and it does not fall under my complaint. But what I did think was interesting about that is she had already told him, like, don't you ever fucking touch me again. Like you will never, like they had already addressed the beating. Yeah, so it was kind of weird that then he came back and apologized for it after finding out the reason. Again, yeah. Which is something that like, I agree, like a, f- a typical female trait would apologize once they are proven wrong after they've Certainly already apologized. Of time. Like, yes. But it was weird to me when he apologized for that, that I was just like, oh, he's like putting everything together too. Like he's yeah. literally fighting, like is a rebel on the run and is able to keep track of like the reason that well, he found he's also her, a like, genius. Let's remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I loved it, but I do agree that it was, it was an interesting apology that I mean, came like two like, episodes good like, for claire yes, like, again, to be clear, <laughs> it would be amazing if all men understood blame right 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 and also like <laughs> apologized before they knew exactly what they were apologizing for right like i think Fantastic. i saw that in a i can't remember what show it was a character cheated and the first question asked was like are you okay and not like why did you do it and it was like that's right. showing i can't remember what show it's from um, but it was like that showing like huge growth and progress for characters because yeah. like usually it's acting out of another, sometimes it's not, but like, or maybe she lied right. to him. Maybe it was cheating. Um, and it's kind of like the Claire and Jamie of it, of it all. I agree. Um, but rarely do but, men apologize and then find out the, what the underlying factor was and then apologize again for the secondary. <laughs> like he right. already apologized for the act. He didn't need to apologize for the misplaced anger, I guess, but I guess it's a good thing he did. I mean, I guess, right? Yeah. I mean, again, you know, we've got to see it to to then, you know, hopefully this is a self-fulfilling prophecy. More mm-hmm. men will see this and blah, 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 and understand that there's a range of human emotion. Granted, I don't know about burying this into a female romance show, but whatever. <laughs> I know. I was thinking like we could be offending men right now. Like obviously we hope we're not. That I was thinking we've been talking for like two hours. There's no fucking way a guy's still listening to this book. No, no men are still listening to this <laughs> podcast. We've lost them all. Our um, demographic is already yes. heavily female, but oh, um, 100%. Maybe we take like a really quick break and yeah, then. Yeah, let's take a quick break. Want to do that? Okay. Yeah. I feel like I've never drank so much water in my life. I better not be hungover tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, you drank as much as Claire on her wedding night as we did recording this. <laughs> Oh my God, seriously. <laughs> no, you didn't, but 
um yeah probably less she was like yeah I kind of blacked out for like most of the day and he was like he's like you don't remember any of the wedding and she was like no I definitely remember a few things (laughs) yeah again smart storytelling because then we got to see the wedding knowing how they ended instead of it because I was like she's gonna fucking cancel the wedding and I was like oh wait we're at the honeymoon right we're like we're at the wedding night all right and we're back (laughs) and And we're back all right, so if you want to talk about your favorite character, you wanted to go through your stats? Yeah, so okay. my favorite character, um, I chose three. Jamie, <laughs> obviously, Fergus, and Mrs. Fitzgibbons, who we have not mentioned yet, but was the McKenzie, like, runner of the house. House manager? I guess. I don't know what to She was it. also... Um, Leary's Mar- grandmother. Yeah, I was like, I'm surprised you wanted to put your arch nemesis Ken on your That's list. That's your grandmother. That's so sweet. <laughs> Ken. Um, which actually, when I watched this show, side note, I pretty much watched the first two and a half seasons in like three days. Mm-hmm. And you know, I fully, I fully become a member of the show as I binge. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely started to think sometimes when I was like, I don't know. I would think identical. Like I literally, my brain, I was like, oh my God, am I thinking in Scottish Gaelic right now? Like, I was like, this is, I need a break. I need to take a break from the show. Like yeah. nobody knows what the fuck I'm talking about. I, but like, I, even now every once in a while, like, it'll be my break. So I'll be like, hmm, Denikin. I'm like, what the fuck? Um... Anyway, I love the way they said uh, some like I like that they said like Canna. I I did enjoy that. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was cute. Yeah, I mean all the Gaelic in this show is very adorable. Um, not to you know, I'm just sworn it was Americans, Gaelic. I was so Americans wrong. find all accents adorable, so I'm not whatever. Favorite relationships we've got Claire, Jamie, obviously, but mm-hmm. also Claire and Ned, also Jamie and Fergus. I enjoyed all of those. <laughs> All those variations relationships favorite season was one favorite episode is season one episode 11 which is the witch trial episode the devil's mark the devil's mark they have the witch trials and also it's where claire finally tells jamie her whole crazy story mm-hmm. and that's it for me let's hear your thoughts all right my favorite character is also jamie uh, my favorite relationship is jamie and claire like duh um but I also love the Jamie Claire Murtaugh friendship and I like any variation of those three characters Mm -hmm. I didn't realize until watching it so quickly how often Claire and Murtaugh were teamed up um and that like he was the one that saved her so I was a big fan of that yeah my favorite I I didn't register him as a character until he sailed away to France with them (laughs) like he was in it a lot. Um, like yeah. I'm sure now when you rewatch it, you can like pick yeah. him up. My favorite season was one, even today. Like, so I, I finished season two and then I went back and like watched the pilot and then it was like 1245 last night or this morning. And I was like, fuck, I'm just like halfway through episode two. Like I'm just re-binging a show I've already seen. Like I need to watch <laughs> the important episodes to talk about, but I just think season one is so perfect. And I think that's probably also why it took me so long to like finish season two. Cause like, I didn't want to leave what I viewed a perfect show you know what I mean I didn't want it to get fucked up which it kind of did with Jamie getting raped and then sailing off and I was like well where are we going now and then it starts back up in 1945 whatever not a fan um my favorite episode is a tie it's either season one episode seven the wedding it's a three-way tie Mm. 
<laughs> season one, episode 11, The Devil's Mark, or season two, episode 13. I think it's The Dragon's Amber, whatever the, the season yeah. fin- that that finale was. I can't think of what it, the Dragonfire Amber. I'm uh, gonna look it up so we- a Dragonfly and Amber. Yeah, I think that's it. I was shocked at how much I liked that episode. I loved the multi-timelines and all. I liked everything about it, even though I, I really, Dragonfly and Amber. Okay, well, the thing everyone's been waiting for. Sophie, what is your single best scene for Outlander season one or two? So my single best scene, this is not normally, I mean, I feel like I always often break the rules, but this time my criteria (laughs) was simply a scene that I think of the most. Okay. It was season one just before he takes her back to the stones mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're at their little campfire that they've set up for the night. Claire's kind of asleep, which at first I was like, Oh no. <laughs> and he's just found out everything. Like he knows, this, he knows this everything. Is, this the is, scene this, after is this the witchcraft trial? Yeah. This yeah. The I just trial? watched yeah. this whenever I was like, same episode. Okay. Don't episode rush. Up. I'm in the middle of an episode. <laughs> Um, and you know they're whatever whatever going back to Lollybrock we're all we all think and but they're at this little campsite Jamie like she kind of wakes up and Jamie's finger and she says I want you inside me and he goes no I just want to (laughs) watch and the first time I saw this I think like a bird could have flown in my mouth. It was so open. I was like, oh my God. What? Like, yeah. I just. I'm blushing just for her. Floored. <laughs> and just though. And, and then, of course, it like immediately we smack into the next, very next scene is, you know, him being like, okay, like, let's go home. And yeah. top of the hill, it's, it's Craig down. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, him doing that was like his goodbye like I'm like this is our last moment together whatever whatever Mm -hmm. which of course like compounds the importance of the whole thing Mm -hmm. but it also is just like him putting her first again like he didn't even yes he he knew that that was again his last opportunity to sleep with her and he just wanted her to oh right he doesn't exist he he let's remember fictional fictional like he's not a real character and just being so selfless as usual in his relationship with her I ultimately decided that this was what I was going to pick as my single best scene partially because it is a scene I think the most about because I am just I'm still floored that that even like someone even like Mm -hmm. imagined that this would happen right Um, and then like wrote it I certainly never occurred to me but also I I feel like if you had any doubts that this show was written by women for women you cannot deny it after watching this scene and pretty much after that you can't unsee it after that but I just like have never felt so strongly that I've never watched a scene of TV mm-hmm. and known in my bones that there's no fucking way on earth a man wrote this scene. Like there's just <laughs> simply no fucking way that a man would even, I'm not saying that a man would do this, that a man would think to write this. It's not that mm-hmm. a man wouldn't say the things that Jamie says. It's that 
a man wouldn't plan to say the things mm-hmm. that Jamie said. And a woman like, uh, intentionally. Tony Graffia is who we have to thank for that. She's written 15 episodes of Outlander. Well, thank you. Tony. She did write that one. She wrote also my single best scene. Ooh. <laughs> All right, let's pivot. Let's hear it. What's your uh, single best scene? She also wrote the Le Dame Blanche episode that you were talking about earlier and faith that's a good that is a good fucking and she wrote faith the one with the stillbirth okay but my single scene is from dragonfly and amber the season two finale where jamie takes claire to the rocks right before the battle of culloden Mm. holy shit i loved the scene so much his like dialogue with or his like monologue where he's like this is what i want you to tell frank like i hate him but also like love you well, blah, 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 whatever, all of this mm-hmm. stuff. And then her resistance to going and like the desperation, mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. what breaks me and like gets me about um, some of these shows is just the desperation that the actors put in their voices. Like I, it yeah. gets me every time. And then his speech about having to wait in purgatory, but he would do it for her. Um, her like asking yeah. if you can hear the buzzing. Like, like, even like, if I have to wait 200 years. I will the the per, the buzzing and she starts to like, panic and being like can you hear it yeah. too like come with me and yeah, him being like, like that's I not can't. my place like I can't go yeah. there that's not my time and then the that. shot of them two like it's face on to them and it's both of their hands going oh. on the stone oh, I and you just know that she vanishes out of his arms yep and like the the way the lighting was was like you could see like a tear streaming down his mm-hmm. face but she couldn't um, I lost it. I fully lost it. And he said, mm-hmm. Lord, you gave me a rare woman and I loved her well. And <sighs> I started crying because <laughs> I obviously didn't know then that, that they, whatever. Um, and mm-hmm. then, so that's my single best scene. All right. Well, we did our, I think we covered season one and two really well. Um, uh, before, well, so <laughs> before we go into recommendations, I'm going to do some news, um, some single best scene news. We will be covering the rest of Outlander. Um, we are still in talks of what the next chunk will be, but we will let y'all know in enough time if you're watching it with us to make sure you're caught up to whatever season we cover next. And then for Outlander News, season six is back in production as of February 2021. The show was originally supposed to film beca- to begin filming in spring of 2020, but was delayed due to COVID, shockingly. So mm-hmm. season six is in production now, so I'm assuming we won't get it for another year, but... Mm-hmm just with uh, pre-post and all that jazz, but we will um, obviously start posting on the Instagram about Outlander now that we've talked about it more. Yeah, and uh, seasons one through four are available on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Five is on Stars. Yes, right? that is correct. Um, so if, what is your recommendation for the people this week who have listened all the way to the end? Yeah, so I did not pick an in theme. I didn't um, either. Suggestion. Ooh, um, not a whole lot about the 1700s Scotland. So I could. I just whatever. Um, my recommendation of the week is an Instagram account called Zillow Gone Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just it's Zillow. It's like ridiculous houses on Zillow. That's it. Okay. I really enjoyed the S. This is not my recommendation, but I really enjoyed the SNL sketch about Zillow. Yeah, was it was great. like, are you tired? Are you in your late 30s and sex just isn't Doesn't, doing it for yeah. you anymore? Here's a real <laughs> fantasy you can tuck into. I love when he's like, I, I don't, I would never buy a house in North Carolina, but if I could do, if I did, I, I did. would buy a big mansion. <laughs> yeah. 
um my recommendation this week is a documentary on netflix it's called remastered the two killings of sam cook it goes into his career and his untimely death and it was just a really interesting watch and i've been very uh into sam cook lately it's like re he's like moved up on my playlist of like work songs he's just very fun and his life was very sad the end of it obviously Okay. He died at 33, guys. It's very young. Oh, shit. 